Un Hello and welcome to a new season of the Hardwood Dynasty Fantasy Basketball League podcast. I am your commissioner and more importantly, your reigning league champion, Ethan Shalom Yal Levine. With me today are um, bald daddy's kidney bronze medalist, oh. Andrew, I love Derek Waller, and also Max Godzilla's got busy breeze. Um, I, I get the insult there. Yeah, no, I do because your name on our on Zoom right now is Ethan with a Z's Ethan's cum dumpster. Yeah, you're welcome. Like, <laughs> that, like I provide services to you and you insult my organs and the way my body is. It's cool. It seems you know, insult my baldness, you insult me having a front a front kidney. Yeah. Think about that, people. Um yeah, you're a real rat fuck for that. <laughs> Ethan, there was a pause. There was a pause at the beginning when I hit when uh, the record button was hit. Uh, is it because you thought I was going to introduce? No, it's just because I wanted to like, um, I wanted to. It, the little lady from Zoom was saying back to me, "Recording in progress." So I was waiting for her to shut up. Oh, gotcha. You're not going to interrupt the lady. Well, that, that dirty little lady. Here. Happy to be here as a as a, like a guest potter. Yes, um, we will definitely um, try and have these not every week, but also more than last season when we only did a couple. Um, and anyone that wants to be on a pod definitely can be. Um, just let me know. It's just uh, a fun way to kind of talk hoops, but also the show is really um, just about this league. So it is there will never be more fantasy basketball content directly catered to you than this but also we know nothing. So, you know, it's, it, it's a yin and yang situation. Speak for um, yourself. I got third last year. Well, again, I'm the reigning champion, but I'll only mention that a few dozen more times tonight. Um, tonight we are going to um, introduce the uh, new guys to the league. Um, I'm now realizing the last few minutes is their introduction to this podcast. So that, <laughs> uh, that rules, I guess. Um, but we have uh, we have that lined up, and then we they had a ninety second cum dum cum dumpster reference. Like, <laughs> if that's well, not a great intro, I don't know what is. Well, you know, I think there's there's some level of understanding. I, I a quick overview. We we've had some changes in ownership, as you guys know. The three newbies are um, Chuck who you'll recognize in uh, the league as Shooter Fletch. Um, Chuck is Max's dad. So, he's a daddy. Oh, um, daddy. He's a daddy. Um, <laughs> so he's, also, he's way more mature than cum dumpster references, but I'm, I'm not going to act like he's being blindsided by these cum dumpster references. Um, sorry, Chuck. He, Chuck's not listening. You mean, you mean Chuck, Chuck fell for a Joe Mama joke once, Breeze? <laughs> um the other two guys um david and blake work with andrew so i assume they're uh you know up to speed with the cum dumpster jokes through that avenue um and at, at, at times past or present or future he's been a cum dumpster for them too so uh david is our wemby sweepstakes winner he's sir this is a wemby's and blake 
I'm sorry, Blake, you changed your team name today and I forgot it. I Dame, I saw, I conquered. Uh, Damian Lillard, the newest member of the Bucks, the newest member of Blake's team. Um, so welcome those three to the league. Um, we've got our new divisions named. Um, division Lola Bunny and Division um, Teen Wolf, couple all-time hoops greats. Um, and... Uh, and yeah, as we were just talking before we hit record, basketball is on as we speak. Nuggets ring night, so it's good to be back. Um, and we're going to keep it pretty informal tonight, and we're just going to go through the teams and and talk basketball and make sure everyone's team gets talked about and, um, and just uh, see where the conversation heads. So um, let's start with our three new teams. Again, that's Chuck is Shooter Fletch. David is Sir, this is a Wemby's. Blake is, I saw, I damned, I conquered. Um, these three had a little draft before the draft to sort out their keepers. Um, they made their debut draft in this league. Um, fellas, I've been doing, as much as I like to hear myself talk, I'll, I'll yield the mic. Is there a uh, Is there a place you guys want to start with the newbies? Uh, Max, I think you should talk about your daddy first. Well, the one thing you got to know about my dad is he's old. Um, daddy. I mean, that's that's just about all I've got there. I will say, so we, we were wondering, all right, what's what's Shooter Fletch? It's got to be some sort of, of reference. Um, and, like, I thought maybe he would have, like, a, a Fletcher on his team. Sure doesn't. Turns out Shooter Fletch is actually a reference to Hoosiers. Dennis Hopper's character was old named Wilbur Flatch, F-L-A-T-C-H, not Fletch. Um, I'm not sure if it was like a typo or he, you know, he just, he got it wrong. But Shooter Flatch is the, uh, the drunk assistant coach who comes up clutch in the end. And what a like, oh, we're going to do already. this. It's Dennis Hopper. Interesting. Um, so now you know that. Uh, as far as his team is concerned, there's a lot of Rockets. Like, yeah, just the man shocked. is going to be watching the Rockets this year. He's also worth noting, like, he's he is lives in Houston and is a Rockets fan, so he will, like, actually be watching the Rockets this year. Right. Yeah, he's going to be watching the Rockets. Unfortunately, I think his seventh-round pick is already out for the year, so that's a – that's a bad start. Not, I don't think it's the year. I think it's Not, the first couple of weeks. Okay. Out no, for even Adams was the one that was for the year. Out for the start of the year. Um, so bad start as far as Houston ownership goes, but probably gonna help him down the line, or at least early on, like with minutes for the rest of his Rockets, like Cam Whitmore. Um has a couple of interesting rookies, including some like <laughs> This is the wrong team for Grady Dick to be on. If we're being honest, <laughs> right? Like we he needs to be on earlier. Victor's team right away. He's probably more mature, not as into the uh, elementary level jokes that we tell here. And he's the one that ends up with white Grady Dick. Really, he's wild. Yeah, so they're justice, but uh, but I guess we just got to trade for him. That's well. He's got the ultimate trade chip. He's trading with children. So, so that's, that's ideal for him. Um, really great 
a team full of great bigs. Uh, and I like that because it, it always feels like there's a shortage of that in the league. If anything, he's going to be a little reliant on guys like Trey Young and Dinwiddie and Tyrese Maxey to be giving him, you know, assist steals, threes, things along those lines. Although he does have Markkanen, so there's threes. Uh, but yeah, but Andrew, that's interesting that you say that because after the, um, for reference, with his, in the last round of their little new guys keeper draft before the main draft, he took Trey Young with the second to last pick. Um, so there was a few guys left, but it was sort of bottom barrel, but he took Trey Young and then immediately after texted me and was like, should I not have taken Trey Young? And I'm like, no, I think Trey Young is a great fantasy player. Like, you don't have to give a shit how many games the Hawks win. I think Trey Young is great, but uh, he, um, now looking at it, he could have had uh, Dame if he had not taken Trey Young there. So one, would you guys rather have Dame in the first or Trey Young in the first? And then two, he passed on Jordan Poole to take Lowry Markinen among many bigs that he took in the keeper draft. I thought that was curious. It makes him need Trey Young more than not having Jordan Poole. Uh, I think I'd rather have Dame, but I don't know if that's from like, oh, the newness of Dame playing on a new team. Looking looking at Chuck's team personally, I I don't know the order of which the keeper draft took place. He he drafted a lot of guys early. Obviously, Tyrese Maxey's one of a like a late guy, but I'm a little shocked that he took guys, you know, four guys in the top five rounds in that keeper draft. Yeah, that surprised me too, especially and he didn't know how the big draft was gonna go when they did this, but like he took Miles Turner in the fourth and like Gobert also went in the fourth. And it's there's I I'm if I did like a deep dive, maybe I would want Miles Turner, maybe I would want Gobert. But the point being, he passed up on like Kessler in the eighth. And uh um well, I guess that would be the main one he passed up on as far as bigs are concerned. I'll, I'll take Turner time. in the fourth over Gobert in the fourth every day of the week because he is blocks. Like he's just gonna win you blocks. You know, he's already got – he's got Jaron Jackson, which is great, Jabari Smith, which is great, but Miles Turner alone could win him blocks most weeks. Yeah. Looking – for me, looking at Chuck's team, like, again, I don't hate his team from a keeper draft perspective. Like, Trey Young, I mean, he's – eh, like, I thought he actually doesn't shoot from three as well as I thought he did at least last season. He does have, he drafted, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Miles Turner, which are our solid bigs. But to be honest, and this may be, I expect more from Chuck because he's in the other dynasty leagues with us. So I, it may just be basketball knowledge. I really, I, I don't think he in the big draft actually drafted that well. I, I want to keep in mind though, just a little background uh, as our our family, the Breezes, as a family, stopped watching basketball the minute the Houston Texans existed. So I think we did one year of fantasy basketball basketball after that. Um, like because he found a cool site where players' values go up and down and it like affects the salary your team has. I, I can't remember the specifics, but it was awesome. It was an all it was the one of the coolest fantasy formats I've ever played in. But I seriously doubt he has watched a whole lot of basketball in the last 10 years. So 
I would anticipate a sharp learning curve and a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of Houston there. Yeah, to me, he's just he's he, in my opinion, he's. I mean, we it depends on your strategy, right? We've all talked about multiple times the whole. How do you feel about shooting percentages? Do you just forget about your field goal per, in your all your shooting percentages and just go for the counting stats? Just looking at his team, I don't. Other than Trey Young, which again was a first round, so you have to kind of. What is that? With is that actually good value or not? I just don't see a ton of actual. I don't think his. He didn't have a ton of scoring on his team, in my opinion. I yes, I completely agree. With I don't you see that. where he's getting so, his points. I completely agree. Like I, that's why also when talking through the, uh, like the draft before the draft, I was surprised Jordan Poole fell to the sixth pick of that whole draft. Like I. Jordan Poole in the 11th round. And like, again, who, who besides me in the league for different reasons, gives a shit how many games the wizards win this year. Jordan (laughs) Poole is going to take so many shots and he's going to score like 28 of the emptiest points a night you've ever seen. And I would just surprise somebody that I think could finish top five in the league and scoring got passed over by with David. It's I, uh, with David, um, it came all the way back around to him, but I also understood why he passed on him the first time to take Garland in the 13th. But I bet he was shocked that Poole came back to him. So who did he take over Poole? Larry Markinen. Oh, see, I, I don't disagree with that. I am I am totally I do. with that pick. He did that before taking Miles Turner and Jaron Jackson. And Markinen's not a big, like those guys are bigs. Like he's he is big, but he's not like a true center. But uh, he definitely has a strategy of like win the defensive stats, win rebounds, win field goal percentage, and but yeah, I, I guess for me though, fun. even if you look at his team, like obviously he has two like top end bigs, but like he also, in my opinion, he doesn't have a like his guards don't get rebounds which not that that necessarily matters but that helps from a counting stat perspective because it's easy for a team to just stream for rebounds like his i just miles turner and jaron jackson jr obviously they're going to get theirs but like dennis schroeder obviously doesn't score much he helps and assists, but he doesn't get rebounds spencer dinwiddie doesn't get rebounds i just don't see where like he's very top heavy on rebounds. He just doesn't have a ton of actual depth from a rebound perspective. So I just don't see him winning that category a ton either. Obviously things can change, but for him drafting two top end bigs, I actually think he might be overall wise weak in rebounds also. Interesting. I think he'll be fine in in rebounds because streaming for rebounds is is not hard to do, but it does like sometimes when you stream for rebounds, you're only getting rebounds. So I think having top rebound guys that do other stuff, just like I guess is true with any other star players that can contribute in many categories. Like I do think his bigs fit that mold. And so I'm not, I'm not worried about him losing rebounds because he's out getting out streamed or anything. I think, uh, I think, yeah, the the guard play is what will be interesting because, yeah, that, you know, he has uh, 
a I lot guess of Jabari, Jabari Smith gets a couple more like he averages more re, he averaged more rebounds last year than I thought he did I guess for me it's just yeah Dinwiddie, Jabari is like 6'10 yeah, he he gets more rebounds I I underestimated the number of rebounds he got but I guess outside of from like him actually drafting I don't know if he drafted us an up like high rebound guy at all I think between the second and fifth round picks like all those guys are gonna get between seven and nine rebounds a game like like miles turner may be a blocks guy and he has some games where he'll have five rebounds but i rebounds is the thing i'd be worried least about on this team i think you're right you're spot on with volume scoring even though we we don't know what dylan brooks looks like with the amount of money he's paying i was about to also say i think not for keeper purposes but for this season ahead sneakily the the potential to be one of the best picks in the draft could be Dylan Brooks because like him and Van Vliet got brought in to, you know, they get paid well to be impact guys now that they think they've got a young core in place. And so I'm like, Dylan Brooks is a, is a douchebag in a head case, but he's going to get a lot of run. I figure. And he does, he does, he doesn't care if he's told not to shoot like he will shoot. If there's a rule change suggestion where somebody says we need to make technical fouls a category, we know where it's coming from. <laughs> uh, laugh so, at it, Andrew. It was really. I won't. It was. It was a shitty joke, and I won't laugh. I think we should talk about the next team before I get upset. Okay, let's um, let's move on to. Well, we'll save one for one more. Let's talk about Blake's team. I actually miss assign Darius Garland to David Blake took Darius Garland first in that little draft before the draft. So his team is a little bit of a uh, opposite of Chuck's. Like I love the guard play on his team Garland in the 13th and Jordan Poole in the 11th is obviously like significant. Um, you know, Damian Lillard, obviously significant. Um it's just, I think he's a little bit of an inverse where um, he's going to have to get creative with where he finds like blocks and rebounds and and maybe potentially have to punt shooting percentages because he's going to have a lot of, you know, three-point shooting out there. Yeah, I I like Blake teams a lot. Blake's team a lot. I think from the keeper draft perspective, at least from what it looks like, he went a lot more just value heavy instead of maybe necessarily win now guys. Um, yeah. Not to say that they're bad, but he definitely has like with Garland, Poole, and uh, Mathurin in the tenth round or later. Um, I think he drafted more of hey, let me draft late. Kind of took like the dynasty actual dynasty approach to it. Um, so I, I actually like what he he kind of picked a strategy and went with it and got the later round guys. Um, and then from a draft perspective, um, I don't think he did awful. I didn't. I personally didn't love the Devin Vassal pick. Um, to me, I you. I mean, obviously we all love Sochan, but I just I tried to stay away from San Antonio guys because I don't know what to expect considering their entire offense is going to be run through someone that we've never really seen play before. So I tried to stay away from San Antonio guys, at least early from a standpoint of not knowing what actual type of role they're going to play. Looking at his team, I think I also see another, and again, rebounds are, are pretty easy to stream. However, not if everyone's looking to stream for rebounds, I don't, love his rebounds either 
Um, I think Vucevic will obviously average double digits and Capella, Capella will also. Um, but I, from in my opinion, he has under five rebounds from Dame Garland, Jordan Poole, Vassell, um, DeAnthony Melton, Jaden McDaniels. And so I don't think he has enough rebounds again. But other than that, I, I actually like what Blake did. I think he has enough shooting because I expect a big year out of Jordan Poole. And I think from a keeper draft perspective, he he took the biggest dynasty approach. I uh, There's something I'm going to say a couple times on this pod, and it's, is so-and-so the worst pick of the draft this year? Um, so I'll start with, was Devin Vassell in the second the worst pick in the draft this year? No, no, you Are you sure? Yes, I did. But so in the on the at least the parts of NBA Twitter that I follow, he was like a hot debate this summer about uh, like do do you give him an extension? Um, you know, do you let him go into restricted free agency after the year? And uh, I mean, he's a really I think he is a like a really, really good role player. And so I think it's impossible to get to the highest level of winning without those. But I think also when you don't have a star, those players don't shine. And so I actually think his value will go up playing with Wemby. I mean, he shoots his effective field goals like 51%. He shoots 36% from three. He plays great defense, so you know he's going to be on the floor a lot. And now he's never played with with somebody who he's probably like been the best player on the Spurs. Period. No less playing with somebody as big a star as uh, Wemby. I'm also just drunk on Wemby. That's something I'll say well, on this pod. I, I don't think it's necessarily that we. Like the cell should have been drafted, and I'm sure if I dug deeper, I can find like, oh, this guy shouldn't have been drafted and was drafted. I think he like, I just think the second was too early for a guy that, and again, on a team where it's like, who knows what the value is actually going to be, but he drafted Vassell over like I like MPJ over him. I like Bradley Beal over him. Um, I think I like Clay Thompson over him especially considering Blake already has like the solid late round young keepers. Um, I think I would have gone for a little bit more of maybe a, a surefire guy that early in the draft. Yeah, snaggy some olds, man. Like it's just, it looks off the picks before him were Deandre Ayton, you know, Domin Ayton, Paul George. I will say there's, it does it is a pretty steep fall off. Like, all those like old top end guys kind of fall off right after Paul George is gone. No, there's still old top end guys available after that, like Bradley Beal and Clay Thompson. Um, and I mean, end of list, oh, but still, that's two names. I think, I, I think Clay Bradley Beal is again. I get the Bradley, I like Bradley Beal, but I get you know, where what is his role actually going to be where he's the third, like. Is he going to run with the first team or is he going to lead the second team? What is he now just a, a point, just a, a shoot? Is he now like Kelly Oubre for a breath from Bradley? Bradley My hope for him is that he's more like, and this is a, a, a pretty like, I'm maybe I'm grasping a little bit, but like, cause he's not going to ever be like an assist champion as crazy as James Harden is like, he's led the league in assists twice as recently as last year. But does Bradley Beal become somebody who averages seven assists a game this year? 
and maybe only 19 points? Or does Bradley Beal average, you know, 20 to 22-ish points a game, but almost all on catch and shoot? Like, that's where if he's somebody that can get a lot of assists, he's still going to have the ball in his hands. But I have no idea if they're going to want to do that or if they're going to have Devin Booker more likely do that. That's why I think Bradley Beal fell so much. And this, and and one last thing on Blake's team for me is I think this is another team that I don't like. Obviously, Damian Lillard is going to score a ton. I think Jordan Poole's going to score a ton. I don't see where else he's getting his points. I think it, it would just have to be in in uh, young guys taking even another step. I mean, I like Benedict Matherin a lot, and he plays with Halliburton, who's an assist machine. Poole, I think, is going to contend for a scoring championship. Oh, Jordan Jordan Poole and Dame Willard, I think, will, I pending injury will be top 10 in scoring in the league. But outside of that, I just don't see a ton of like, hey, this guy is three-point shooter and like going to shoot, you know, 30 to like, he's going to shoot about 40% from three and score 18 to 24 points a game. And which is another good reason why I wish he would have taken clay. Like I would have taken yeah. clay, power him clay yeah. over the cell. But again, is he a, is he a Spurs fan? Cause if he's a Spurs no. fan, that wipes no. it all. Okay. No, cool. he is, he is from Los Angeles. So he is actually a Laker fan. Okay. He didn't, he didn't take any of them, but okay. I, I'll tell you my favorite draft pick of his was Marcus Smart. I love it. Like for at least for the first, you know, however many games, 20 games. Um that 25 games. 25? That Jaws suspended, yeah. Yeah. Until he brings a another gun to like a Chuck E. Cheese or something. For the time being, he's suspended. And in the meantime, Marcus Smart is gonna get more usage than he has probably in his entire career, at least maybe since his early days with Boston, um, just running the offense for Memphis. So like if he was going to have that all year, that guy's a top two or three round pick and he's still going to have usage after that. So getting him in the fifth, I, I think that's a good value for this year, at least as a like this year, good value pick, knowing that you've got late keepers, I love Marcus Smart in the fifth. Oh, I think Marcus Smart in the fifth is it, it's he's been picked in the fourth to sixth neighborhood. I feel like a few years in a row, and he keeps getting put back because it's like he's worthy of being kept there, but also he'll just get drafted there again, and other guys get kept. But I think he's it's a testament to like yeah that you can trust in his value there. I agree. Um. As we transition from Blake's team uh, over to David's team, which of course is, we won't only talk about Wemby, but we're going to talk about Wemby some. I'll I'll do one last Spurs segue and say that last year, Devin Vassell averaged 18 and a half points. He had 16 field goal attempts a game. He had seven threes a game and shot 39% from three. And now he's playing with a, a superstar. I think it was a good pick second round. Uh, he hit seven threes a game. No, he shot seven threes a game, oh, but he hit thirty nine percent. But he did it at that volume. He didn't shoot thirty nine percent. Like, oh, like, right. It's just how much, how many of those shots, and like, what's going to be taken away from him because Wimby is everything. 
okay, what makes you think that with Wemby, they're going to have the same points per game as last year? There will just be more shots and more points. They'll just miss them all. <laughs> Says I, who knows nothing. Um, But I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, and now I promise I am talking about David's team. Like I am so drunk on Wemby. I was texting a little with Mark last night because we're facing each other in week one. Um, and I was saying like, Wemby is either going to, to me, be top five or 10 players all time or a top five or 10 injury what ifs in all of sports all time and nothing in between. There's no way he just like has a 15 year league average career. There's no in between. He like, like he'll be standing in the paint and then will come in like, in like block three pointers. He does like the shit that he does is, is insane. And I'm like, I, so I think he has like, I think a lot of guys on the Spurs, not just Vassell, but like, uh, I think um, like Sohan, who I drafted and then already traded um, Olympic gold medalist, Keldon Johnson. Like, I think a lot of these guys are going to benefit because that Wemby's going to create so many turnovers and create so many transition baskets and runouts for other guys. Like, so I'm drunk on Webby and I'm drunk on all the Spurs. I think David's team is an immediate playoff contender because he has Webby. I go ahead, Max. I uh I think he's a playoff contender because he knew he was getting Wemby and then drafted badass keeper guards in the expansion draft ahead of it. That's a good point. So like his second, third, fourth. It's just a who's who of like Drew Holiday, Kate Cunningham, Jamal Murray. His combo guard stats, you know, uh, some scoring, assists, like three points. He's getting a lot of it right there. And then for the rest of it, like he clearly came in with a strategy. Um, I'm a little nervous about his non-Wemby bigs because he's got Weminaya and Kessler end of list for traditional bigs like julius randall's fantastic don't get me wrong was he the first overall pick in the in the keeper draft no, no I think was, was, but but was in the 13th round okay well I, either way i mean julius randall's not a a big big he's a you know right like he's but he's he's still a tremendous player i don't know i i liked uh i like the strategy he brought in i hope that he is as somebody who has had a lot of these guys before, like Bojan, Bay, Hayward, Lowry. I can tell you they can be frustrating and terrible at times, but for the most part, I mean, the reason this team passes the eye test for me is because I've had a lot of the players before, and I'm like, hey, 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 did I draft this team? I'm on board with that. Yeah. Well, well Bojan's out already the first few weeks, so it's already headache inducing a little bit yeah to be honest i don't hate the early early of the year injured guy because it you know right after the draft it's sometimes tough to pull the trigger on who do who am i going to drop to make my moves and having someone just right off the bat that you don't have to worry about dropping a potential not that you know eventually two three or four weeks into the season it's not going to matter but the first couple of weeks when you're still like you know, high on the guys that you drafted late, you can just slide someone into an injury spot and not have to worry about it. That's actually a great point. It creates a a buffer zone on your stream spot because yeah, that will be the thing that like, 
we'll get to the weekend and I'll need to drop somebody. And in all honesty, it'll probably be Corey Kispert, but it's like, fuck, why'd I even draft you? Right. Like a month, a month, a month into the season, it's a billion times easier to drop Corey Kispert than it is after two games because it's like, well, what if he becomes something? I drafted him so late, he could be a keeper. It's right. so much more difficult to draft, like to drop those guys after like one or two games because it's like, well, he just had, you know, he's get the season just started or he's like, they're not, they're still figuring out the rotation, things like that. So I actually don't hate the early season IL or injured, I guess, injured spot stash. It just makes it that much easier to use all your moves, especially when it's a little bit of a shorter week, less games played the first week of the season. Um, my opinion, I, I think David crushed the keeper draft. Um, I think it, as Max said, I think it helped a lot knowing that he had the number one overall pick. He wasn't as worried about, you know, I got to get a, a super late round guy because he knew he was going to get Wimbenyama. Um, looking at his team from a points perspective, in my opinion, it's maybe go, a reach a little bit, but other than Patrick Williams, I could see every, and, and even Patrick Williams, I, I read something where he's going to ask for like $200 million in his yeah. next contract. So maybe he like something's going on there, but I think realistically every single one of his players could average over 15 points a game, which is yeah. crazy. I mean, he has a lot of, a lot of production right now. And I mean, yeah, Max, you said it too. He, he drafted knowing he had Wemby, so he he drafted for now. But I do think he drafted. Um, I think one of the most substantial picks he made in the keeper draft was Kate Cunningham because I mean, obviously he's a former number one overall pick in real life, but uh, just apparent, you know, like he apparently torched Team USA. It, for the select team this summer, like took over scrimmages by himself. And uh, again, like who knows how many games the Pistons will actually win. But I think he's somebody to your point, Andrew, about him having a high floor um, in scoring with a lot of these guys. I think he's also got some like scoring breakouts on top of that. Cunningham being one of them um, who can, um, who can like really, taken to uh like being a threat right away right and from a dynasty like getting kind of caught up on the league because while chuck again i know his basketball knowledge may not be as as big as football or, or baseball he's at least played in a dynasty league before where blake and in Blake and David haven't really played in dynasty leagues, especially the related leagues such as the baseball and, and football league to this one. Um, I think the way his team is set up, it's the easiest way for him to contend as quickly as possible. He has a small, like as Max said, I, I worry about the number of actually center. I think he only has two center eligible guys. One of those centers being when Binyama, I, I wouldn't, and he takes a lot of, sh I, I anticipate him taking a lot of shots. Like, I think this is a team where you're like, Hey, I don't care. I don't give a shit about my shooting percentages. I don't have a, a ton of bigs. I have a ton of guys that are going to take a ton of shots. I'm not going to worry about my field goal percentage. And I'm just going to stream counting stats and see where it gets me. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a accounting stats team. I think counting stats teams win generally. So, um, yeah. I'd also, while we're on the Wimby take, just to you know have a little bit more Wimby talk. Yeah, I think I think we've kind of talked about this. You know, when we were in person for the draft, but let's because Wimby is supposed to like the most hype prospect since ever, or LeBron, or I don't know. 
Um, who are guys that you would tra- if you had Wimbenyama that you would trade for him right now? Like you would take it at, from a one for one perspective. I'll, I'll start. I think there's only four guys. I think it's Luca or Jokic in the first. That that'd be a, a full swap, same round. It'd be SGA, and I think like the sixth, sixth round, and then probably Tatum in the third, and that's probably my most iffy one. Other than that, I don't think I would trade him for a single guy one one for one right now. If I had Wemby, I'd trade him for Doma. Personally. Like in the round he's in? In the you would trade Wemby straight up for Sabonis in the sixth round? I sure would. Um my reason being Sabonis is a trip dub threat. He's still relatively young and in the sixth round and like i'm sorry man i i just i feel like we've seen just as many oh this super hyped guy comes in and plays amazing as we have the inverse of it so like i know you guys are drunk on wendy and you love it and for spurs fans i hope that he's just as fun and entertaining as as like he seems but like I don't know. A part of me is like when when Chet got drafted, and I know he's not Chet skinny, but like it's really hard to be that big and stay healthy playing basketball in a way that isn't like the typical center. You know what I mean? Like it seems like Jokic is built in a way that where he he's got a little bit more padding, and so he could probably take a little bit more of a beating. Like. I, if if Wemby is is in the paint and takes a hard hit, I don't know. Like I I just maybe I I don't understand the human body well enough, but it just seems like he could crumple up to a little pile of Like it just seems like if if he's going up against a, an actual big, an actual like in the paint bully, it seems like he could just get crumpled up into a bag of bones. Like, oh, I think but, I don't, but that's the point that of Wimby. He doesn't have to be in the paint. Right. I think he would lose that defensive matchup if he got switched on to Kavon Looney. I, and, you know, I don't know. I don't think he would be able to body up Kavon Looney. I think that would end with Looney dunking. I, but uh, that said, he's never going to be like ISOed in the post on somebody like that. And he also, like, he's not 18 coming from high school where he was playing like, like random kids at other private schools. Like he was playing professionally in France, like dudes that are, that are 30 years old and six foot 10 and weigh 250 pounds. Like he's been playing against them. And the guys that, that, yeah. Do they, do they, do they so have players. guys that big? Yes, dude. I promise you that the, of course, the USA, the NBA is the best league in the world. It's, there's no league close to it. I give you that. But that understood the quality of, of pro basketball abroad, especially in the bigger countries, Western Europe, uh, the Chinese league is huge, but China is its own thing, obviously. Um, The Australian league, like, yeah, there's a ton of, like dudes that play four or five years D one ball that then go play professionally overseas. So there's tons of dudes that are, again, they're not better or as good as Jeff green, 
even in the NBA at his age, but like they're still big. And the in the European game, you can hand check, you can goaltend while the ball's in the cylinder once it's hit the rim, paints wider, there's no defensive three in the key. Like it's way more physical. So I don't buy the whole he's not going to be able to handle it. I, I just like you see somebody with a Zion build and he can't handle the, the physical rigors. Like it, it just Zion's a fat piece of shit. And then Zion lost a bunch of <laughs> and now he's moving around uh like he's a new man and has new life. And yeah, if I'm he sure he's gonna be games fine. this year, it's just gonna prove that it's his problem was just that he was fattened out of shape. It had I'm nothing sure. to do with his build. I'm sure he won't miss a game this year. He can miss a dozen games, but if he's, you know, he's obviously missed. If he, if he goes the whole year, not missing more than one or two games at a time. And he plays 65 to 70 games weighing what he weighs now. It's just going to prove that he was a a fat piece of shit. There's a Zion. I I do wish that the Spurs would have gotten a little bit more like big depth, if you will, around him. Cause like, Zach Collins is listed as their starting center with Wimbenyama listed at the four. And like their backup four is CD Osman, who isn't like, who's probably on the smaller side for a four. He's like six, seven, but like for the same offensively, which I mean, let's face it, like that's majority of fantasy, like the fantasy stuff we're talking about at coming up the court when their starters are on the floor, the, the two guys that are going to be on the ball is going to be Jeremy Sosha who's six, eight and Wimbenyama, who is seven, three, like that's a matchup nightmare. Yeah. I mean, like I, you know, I love Sochan and I know it's, it's so Han, but I'm going to always call him Sochan because nobody's more Chan than he is. He's so Chan. Okay. So if they would have had more big depth, I think you could then maybe afford to, Hey, like just go stand out there on the three, right. Go stand out there you know, guard the guy in the corner. You have a long wingspan. You can kind of cheat a little bit inside. Like just, you can stand. I don't think they have the height to necessarily do that, which I wish they did um, from an injury pers- like perspective. I know we have the injury concern, even though he's never like been hurt. So that's, but I get it. However, it's just, like I said, I think there's with the hype and the, fr- like he is a, fr- like a freak like Giannis, but can shoot. Absolutely. And and there's and in my mind, there's an 80% chance he's going to do exactly what everybody expects him to. And it's going to be so much fun. But like, for instance, today in a fantasy football league, soon as it came out that Will Levis was going to take any snaps whatsoever, I immediately traded him for a defensive player. Like, because I'm like, give me the known quantity. This guy could come out and be the worst thing since what's his name that threw a, a Peterman. Like he could be the next Nathan Peterman. I don't know, you know. And so that's that's kind of. Well, I think there's some risk involved with every rookie that is not a known quality. But uh, Wemby ha- is just he's just an exception to every rule that exists. He's like, not like we think he is because he's the most highly touted prospect. Since well, no, again, and uh, the way he's playing in the in the preseason, it's not about. I get the preseason doesn't matter. He's not playing his full minutes load. No one is, 
but he's out there with the ones and he's mostly playing against the other team's ones. And just the things that he is doing are things that no one has ever done ever. And he's like immediately doing that, dunking over people outside the restricted area, blocking three pointers from like 12 feet away and all this step back threes, like low cross, uh, he's already doing all those things. If he, if the worry is that he's going to get hurt, then the worry is that he's going to get hurt. I, I'm with you. Chet didn't do any good service for the Skinny Boys brand last summer getting hurt. No, but, Chet, Chet is who we thought he was. Skinny bitch. There's no. <laughs> but uh, Wemby, it's not like Wemby is, I don't think Wemby's going to be a talent bust. I, I don't think he's going to be a talent bust either. Like for for what it's worth, no, I don't think he's. I don't think there's a shot that he comes out and they're like, he can't shoot. You know, like I don't think that's going to happen. But it's you know, it's a long season, people taking beatings. Like it, I, it's just not as much of a known quantity. And people, I think, treating it automatically like it is and saying the only way I trade him is for a top three asset in the league when we've never seen him play outside of the preseason. Like I can tell you, uh, Nathan Rourke made some plays in the NFL preseason. And I still, to this day, I'm like, I want someone to sign him. And I want to see him take snaps at quarterback for one of these trash teams like Titans. What do you have? He's playing with the threes against the threes. That's my point. I get that Wemby is, is only playing a, a few minutes a game and all the starters are, but he's out there with the starters and he's playing against the other team starters. Nathan Wark isn't going in in the first half of whatever preseason game where they let the starters play and doing those things. He's doing it against guys that are 95% getting cut. So if Webby was doing this against G League opponents, I would be with you. It's fool's gold. But he's playing the other teams once. Uh, you know, LeBron is sitting out. Isolated people are sitting out. But that's going to happen in the regular season, too, I think, as we've seen. I, I'm just – and I'm not saying he's not going to be talented. We just haven't seen him play a quarter of regular season NBA basketball. Hadn't happened. Like, that's, that is where I'm, like, tempered expectations. That's the reason. I mean, I traded one of the Thompson twins already, and I was eager to do so. I didn't even hide it very well. Right, but, for, like, but like, the like the question of, like, who would you trade for Wimby? You're naming Sabonis, who is another, I'd argue, like, top 10 keeper in the league. That's what I'm saying. I My list, who would I trade Wimby for? Is like, are you trading more than, so are you trading, would you give up a top 20 keeper in the league for Wimby? Oh, I, would I? So, as the person trading for Wimby, if you had Wimby, what would you deal like? Would you trade? I mean, I don't. I would. I would take the best on... offer available. Obviously, right, that's what we're trying to hone in on. That's the thing. Right. I would take best offer available. Um, which right because like I think I named like, hey, these are the four best keeper to like, not necessarily keeper, but like best players and best keepers top four in my opinion. You named like the seventh. Like that's just a random example. So like to me, that's like. It's a little bit of a difference. I don't think it's that crazy, though. I'd probably do it for like a top 10 guy. Just because, like I said, it just it's a tempered expectation. So would you trade Wimby for, and again, this, for Brandon Ingram? In the ninth? Yes. No, I don't think so. Would you trade, what about for Chet in the eighth? Oh, I'd be really tempted. Tell you that, even though he's a skinny bitch, if that guy starts eating some lasagna, 
starts putting some luz on you, like, yeah, he could he could be a real force for those thunder. Um, I think the, the, the most round difference is absurd. I think the most interesting one, and then I'll 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 drop it because I know we've been on this for uh, quite a long time and we've gone through three teams, <laughs> but um, I think the real interesting one would have been, and it's it's not because you know gun issues, but like a John ja Morant in the fourth if he was like actually playing this year and didn't have gun issues. John ja Morant gun free. I think I trade Wemby. Yeah, I think I do too, but I think that's like really close in my opinion. Like you get him off the real guns, turn him into a like a white dad finger guns guy, like a right, that, like or like you know, red. like a flex, kiss your muscles, walk, boom, boom, welcome to the gun show kind of guy, sure. like those kind of guns. Sure. That's what we need to transition to. But I think that would be one that would like I would be, I think that would be the fifth one that I'd be like I think I'd do that. But the list for me is very very short. Yeah, okay. I think my list is just Luca because Luca's so young. It'd be first rounder for first rounder. I, but I don't think I would trade Wemby for anybody else. I so that's how highly I think of him. Um, okay, moving on. Like all hyped up. Now we got to transition out of it to these other boring teams. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the next uh, kind of group of teams that I wanted to talk about are the returning teams that didn't make the playoffs uh last year and then even this group kind of divides into two subgroups one being victor <laughs> we're gonna play a game of diagnosing victor's team in a sec but the other two trevor and paul i think followed a template that's kind of been established for a couple years now in this league where if you're reading the the writing on the wall as the trade deadline is approaching and it doesn't look like you're making the playoffs you kind of consolidate all your win now talent to just try and get the five best keepers you can for the next year. And I think Trevor and Paul are two um, of the latest uh, master classes in doing exactly that. I think like Paul is our first champion in this league. I think he's all the way back. Trevor will make jokes like he doesn't know what he's doing, but he does know what he's doing. And I think his team is also all the way back, but with way more of an injury risk than Paul's team. So my question to you guys, while I go on mute for a second and get another soda, is um, pick one, Paul's team or Trevor's team. Hurt somebody's feelings. It's Trevor's team. and It's, it's absolutely Trevor's team. Yeah, don't have to think twice about it. Trevor's right. team, I think, will finish top in field goals made, points, rebounds, and assists. Like... Uh, it's the fact that Trevor knew coming into this, like, all right, I've got X, Y, and Z keepers. Like he's got Bam, Ja, LaMelo, Chet, Ingram, like a lot of good value keepers and then used every early pick that he had on known quantities. Like say what you will about Anthony Davis. Yeah. He's, he's another guy that might be, might be an injury risk or is definitely an injury risk, but if he plays, he's a top 10 player. You know that. Paul George, also injury risk. If he plays, also probably a top 10 player. So with his first two round picks, he takes like only injury risks with known quantities and then adds CJ McCollum, Tobias Harris, who to me fit that same mold of 
if they're in the game, you know what they're right. going to CJ, do. CJ McCollum is going to play more consistently than the, those top guys, but no, I, I completely agree. I, it's, I, I look all the way down his picks, and like until pick 13, 14, I don't have any questions. Like He took Kobe White, and I was like, damn, because starting in, I want to say, the 10th round, I had Kobe White on my list, and I was like, mm, I can wait. I can wait, and then I shouldn't have waited because – yeah, I think I think Kobe White's got great potential as a future tenth round keeper. Not to mention how good he's going to be just this year or twelfth. Yeah, round. operating on the fact that we're just going to talk about Trevor's team now, but I think Trevor's team is is the best in the league. He, what he did last year again didn't make really? the playoffs and really traded for the the like his team is insane. I I would be interested in in your guys' opinion. Not that he's looking to do this, but where do you value? I, I think right now Jaw is like untradeable because you're not going to get what he's actually worth right now. But yeah. what if you guys had Jaw and were like, I have to trade him? What would you trade him for? Like what? What would you be looking to get ish in return, considering the unknown? Like what's the lowest I would say yes to? Kind of like we were just doing with yeah, Kobe. similar is because I think that again you're. I think I'd also be looking for like top 10-ish value, but you're probably not going to get that considering. See, that's my thing is I wouldn't, I wouldn't, and obviously I understand we're talking about hypotheticals, but I wouldn't do it unless I was found myself in such an injury crunch that I needed to sell low just to get some sort of mid-level, you know, mid-high level stars back and like, and like keep going and then I can make more trades later and try and figure it out. But I don't think I'd do it unless I was injury plagued across my roster. And so then at that point, I think it would be, um, you know, I think I would do it for multiple top 40 guys that are filling injury needs for me. There are, there is one trade I, I can see right now that I'm like, this would be a great trade for both teams. And that is Trevor trading John Morant in the fourth for Kevin Durant in the fourth to Chase. Because if you look at Chase's team, doesn't have an elite guard, can stand to wait because he's got a pretty damn good team, but has no elite guard. Literally the best guard on his team by far is DeJuante Murray, who's not a bad player. You no, know? but you're right. He has some of the best keepers, but one, they're all forwards. Uh, Giannis, Durant, Zion, Porzingis to your point and two they're the first four rounds so yeah. he doesn't have an opportunity to get a guard on his roster besides DeJounte Murray until the sixth round exactly so and on top of that Giannis is not old but he's not young Zion is not long in the tooth but boy has he been fat and hurt a fat piece and, of shit and not anymore he, though hopefully <laughs> is the point he was a fat piece of shit I want him to be. I want him to be svelte and and exciting this year so bad. Durant is obviously still incredible, but he's old, old, you know. And I think exactly what what uh, Andrew said about Trevor's team. He can absolutely sell somebody as young as Ja in the fourth for somebody as old as Durant in the fourth, because this is a window. Like his window is immediately open and Durant makes his team better. And I would also argue Chase has a playoff caliber team, no matter really how you cut it. And oh, for sure. 
And John ja Morant is going to help him a hell of a lot more in the playoffs than Kevin Durant's excellent, albeit redundant stats when you compare to the stuff he might need from a guard instead. I uh, Matchmaker. Make it happen. That is actually very interesting. I feel like um, with Trevor's team, and maybe I'm like, maybe I'm outsmarting myself. I am an idiot, but I feel like everyone has a few injury risks on their team or like load management. Like, I think it's still going to happen regardless of what the league threatens to do um, against it. But I feel like Trevor has more veteran injury risk guys than most like Anthony Davis, Paul George, LaMelo balls, not uh veteran like them, but boy, has he got an injury history and uh, so does his brother, which he I'm not a set of Nikes. That's all it is. He needs to quit wearing those Taiwanese made shoes that his dad made. Just wear a set of Nikes that you can't rip through while trying to do a step back jumper. And I think he'll be fine. Hopefully, I do think Trevor has, like, if everyone is healthy, I do think Trevor has one of the top-tier teams. I don't think he, uh, I don't think he necessarily uh, needs to trade Ja. That trade is interesting. It's bouncing around in my mind. But I think if I'm Trevor, I wait him out because... It's like he drafted veterans early knowing he had the keepers. So the whole point is to have those keepers still. He could draft veterans early again next year. But there's no reason to cash out on John Morant besides fun podcast fodder, I don't think. Yeah. No, I don't I don't think so either. He's but... just he's playing with house money at this point because it's like his he's got a really good team. Yes. Let's see what it's very uh He's a very good team. My thing, the reason I was going to say I like Paul's team better, and so I also think Paul's team is on that top tier of teams after a rebuild, is I feel like Paul's team is going to be the best in Roto for a while. Like his team is probably the most statistically balanced in terms of having good bigs, having good point guards, having forwards that get assists like Scotty Barnes. Um, Obviously, Steph is going to shoot a lot of three. Giddy is like a big um, combo guard. He's going to get a lot, like fill out the box score in a lot of different categories. You know, Nick Claxton and Jarrett Allen, Wendell Carter as bigs. Like he, uh, you know, Mikhail Bridges, the ultimate like box score stat stuffer. It's not that he has as much like elite, elite talent besides Steph, but he has so many of the like, box score stuff for guys that I like. And I just think he's going to be the most, again, going back to like, if everyone's teams are full healthy, like I think he is going to give himself the best chance to win all 11 categories each week. Yeah. Paul, Paul's team is def it's it's still good. I I do like Trevor's better, but again, Paul, Paul has, I think every player on his roster will probably, except for maybe Nick Claxton, I don't, like will probably average over 15 points a game. Um, I do think odd enough, considering he has Steph Curry, like I, do, I do think he could use in some more three point guys. Um, Cause other than Steph Curry, I don't see like a single, like three point guy on his team. Um, that is true. Like, so I think he, OG is not that Scotty Barnes, giddy. Like they're great bo- box score stuffers, but 
you're right. He doesn't have the raw scoring that, or three point shooting. Right. And then the one other thing I think where Paul's team falls a little bit short currently, Paul also is can, likes to trade. So that can obviously be fixed. I think he's a little thin on assists. And I think assists other than like the field goal percentages is the hardest, stra- like hardest offensive category to stream. He doesn't have like a, a high end assist guy, but I think all of his guys will probably, except for maybe Steph. Will average He's probably under, his best assist guy, right? Him or Giddy, in my opinion. But oh, it's, I, I think his his guards from an assist standpoint aren't high end assist guards, so I, I could see him struggling in assists a little bit as well. I think his forwards are high in assist forwards, though. The three point shooting, I think. What's what's what do you consider like a high end assist? Like forward? I think Scotty Barnes could average four or five assists a game. I think OG Ananobi could average four or five assists a game if they're playing on the same. I team, agree with I agree with Scotty. I agree with Scotty Barnes. The um, OG, I I just I think Mikhail Bridges on the Nets could average like fifteen to twenty points. OG averaged two rebounds. assists a game last year. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I think I'm hoping they trade him anyway. You liar. And I'm hoping they trade him too. Um, but I like. And that's, that's, that's me nitpicking, right? Like, I think no, it's you know, his assists will probably still be a top eight to 10 in the league. But from like being a top three team in the league, I think assists and three pointers are at, you know, obviously opening day of basketball, where I think his two weak are his two weakest categories assists and three pointers. My Which favorite, is funny to say considering his stuff. My favorite thing about Paul's team is the sheer amount of shooting guard, small forward eligible guys he has. Like, mm. that's uh, – he as far as just flexibility goes, because we have a guard and a forward spot, it's just delicious. Like, I, I like it a lot if I'm him because I think he has the ability to start a full roster via streaming – a lot easier than a lot of us would um, just because of that flexibility. Like it's to me, that's, that's very nice on top of the fact that he already has like good players, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying the rest of his team isn't good, but it's one of those things that just jumps out to me. I'm like, man, Paul's got a lot of position eligibility, a lot. He's also got three rookies, which uh, one of those guys is getting dropped quickly, but um uh, yeah, I, I like that. That's the thing you guys haven't said about Paul's team yet. And so now I said it. No, I think it's a great point. Like, um, it not just the position flexibility of like how you can mine, you know, more assists uh, out of forwards by putting a guard there, but just also based on like, it's very random what teams are playing what days. Some days with like the TNT doubleheader, there's not a lot of games on some days like almost everyone plays. And so just the ways that you can play roster Tetris in general. And because sometimes I'll have 10 of my 14 guys playing on a day, but not, but only one center or something where it's like, I can't play all 10 of them together, even though I have 10 guys playing, Paul's going to be able to get more games played before using his five moves based on what you're saying, which is the biggest thing. For sure. Um, But I think both of them, um, I mean, Trevor, just before we move on from 
their teams. Like I know Trevor got traded for Bam Adebayo from Max. He traded for Ja Morant from uh, Mark. He traded for LaMelo Ball from Huck. Um, he traded – did he get Brandon Ingram from you too, Max? Oh, yeah. Okay, so – Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Paul got McHale – again, these are not all trades that are – I'm not saying Max or my returns on the trades, but uh, I know like Paul traded for Ananobi and for – Mikhail Bridges uh, for me last year and Kawhi Leonard, I think I gave him last year when he was being injury stashed. And like, I traded him Mikhail Bridges. Oh, you traded. I think I traded you Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges saw a lot of us last year. And let me tell you, I enjoyed every second of it. He was great. Yes. But they, uh, so yeah, they consolidated. And yeah, I think both of them very big threats. Um, a different case. Some of it's his own fault, but some of it is he's getting another chance and he's being a mensch by being a 14th team. And that is Victor. So for those who don't know, any newbies listening, Victor, um, the thing about his 19 matchups is he didn't win any of them. Uh, <laughs> probably, I don't think he would say it was his best effort. Um, but he said... Work is steadier now, family steadier now. He's rocking and rolling. He's won our baseball league before, which is an extremely competitive league with these same keeper rules. Um, so he's he's back, but he did not really consolidate as much last year, and he has a deeper hole to dig out of. Um, so I his case is kind of different than Paul and Trevor. Um, I guess I'll ask you guys and I'll give my answer first, um, just based on, uh, so you guys have time to look, but based on the guys he not kept, but specifically drafted, um, who among them do you think can be his most impactful future keeper? And obviously he might make trades and stuff, but like, as of right now, the goal would be that after this draft, his five keepers for next year are better than this year. It's Mark so, Williams. It's Mark Williams and it's not close. Okay. Do you care to elaborate? Sure. Mark Williams was super. So like he didn't, he didn't play for the first half of the season or so last year. When he did, it was like eight to 10 minutes at a time. And then they traded one of the Plumlee brothers. I can't even remember which one. Um, I they, but I lose track as well. Then all of a sudden Mark Williams rookie, uh, starts getting all the minutes, and he he's putting up numbers. He's a double-double machine. So not to mention he's a big blocks threat, and he's going to be their primary, you know, defensive presence down low this season for Charlotte. So the fact that he got Mark Williams in the seventh when he's one of those guys that I considered taking considerably earlier than that, like I definitely looked at him with my fifth-round pick and went, shit. I already took Rudy Gobert in the fourth round, and I didn't even need him then. So I definitely can't take another big now. The fact that he got Mark Williams in the seventh, I think it's he's between him and Jaden Ivey, those are automatic keepers for next year. Um, there's obviously some John Collins potential. The Miles Bridges pick is just that. Is that the worst pick of the draft? Is that it? That it might be up. It might 
be up there. Yeah. Like, yeah, he only set a, a ninth round pick on fire, but I, I assume it's because he didn't. No, but a ninth round pick, notes. dude. Uh, guys that went after Miles Bridges, Malik Monk, who obviously I'm biased from Kentucky. You're biased as a Kings fan. Uh, but like also that dude gets yeah, bucket buckets. Uh, He's going to be sixth man of the year, by the way. Just letting you know. Zubox, Jordan Clarkson. Ah, um, Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> Sadiq Bay, Anthony Black, like plenty of rookies, like Anthony Black. Uh, Kulabali, if you're wanting to like do the dart throw on a rookie and maybe get late round keeper value. So even in the ninth round, it's not like that's so late. Like I thought Miles Bridges was going to go. I thought he would get drafted, but I thought it would be like 13th, 14th round. Like, is he NA or anything right now? Like what's. Well, he'll be suspended. I think it was. Um. He was suspended 30 games, but then they uh, they counted like 20 of them as being served last year when he wasn't on a team because it's like he wasn't on a team because of this stuff, which that's bullshit. Like, um, anyway, it's, you know, the, it, like, the league doesn't really care. And in some capacity, like, uh, like, you know, there's all kinds of terrible people on on different teams that we've all rooted for. So I'm not going to act like holier than thou. But I like with the newer stuff that came out, I thought he would fall more. And I also thought he gets suspended longer. But I'd argue, and again, shitty guy. I I while I agree it it is Mark Williams, pending Miles Bridges playing and how often he plays and what he returns like hit the last, you know, when he played 80 games in the 2021, 2022 season, he averaged 20 points, four assists, seven rebounds. So if miles bridges actually plays again, shitty human, but if miles bridges actually plays somewhat consistently and, and isn't suspended the whole season or something like that, I could see an outside shot of miles bridges actually turning into his best keeper. But I think it's it's really Mark Williams with a, a long shot of Miles Bridges, in my opinion. I can see that. I just also think that Miles Bridges will get in more trouble and like it will be a like it won't when he comes back, it won't be the end of it. Is my I is my prediction. So that's why like like Again, not even in a holier than that way, but in like I predict it's just going to continue to be a thing. Like he's already gotten in new trouble recently as a sequel to the stuff from last year. So I just think like I just don't want to deal with it. It, it, it. Oh, for sure. I'm just I'm really just trying to find a different answer. Wait, so <laughs> no, I feel you. I honestly, my answer was going to be. Like hot take, Desmond Bain is first round pick only because I think Desmond Bain is quietly like a top level scorer, and he gets overshadowed by Jaw, both by Jaw's play and also by Jaw's off court headlines. But he last year, uh, I mean, he averaged twenty two points a game. Uh, 
taking 16 shots a game, shooting over 40% from three. Now he's the primary. I think he is going to be somebody that ascends to like 25 points a game. And um, sorry, I got the soda burps now. 25 points a game, four to five assists a game. Uh, so not like a top end assist guy, but like a steady assist from a guard spot guy still. I guess my hot take is Desmond Bain will be worth a first round pick again next year. And so Victor's team ends up doing well and he's at the end of the round. I guess then it would be true. If Victor's team Are we all out? Not out, but are we like not in on DeAndre Ayton? Because we all know like he obviously didn't love his situation in Phoenix. But I mean DeAndre Ayton's still young. Wouldn't oh. be shocked if he averages twenty five and twelve. <laughs> I like Aiton. I, li- I like Aiton a lot. So I think that could be another guy, too, from just a long-term building block. But at the same time, um, it hasn't even drafted in the second round. I think that's part of it, is he's just been drafted in the second round since he came into the league. Like, he just keeps getting thrown back. And I also, I think, like, I don't think he's going to be a... There's very few guys who are 25-plus point-a-game scorers without shooting threes. And they're like... Giannis and Anthony Davis, who will make some threes sometimes, but that's not really like a part of their bag per se. But there's not really many others that exist. I think Aiton is going to, um, I think Aiton's going to keep averaging like in that 16 to 18 point per game range, 10 to 11 rebound a game range, which is really good. I think like his impact on winning will be greater. But I don't think the reason his stats were curbed at what they were is because of uh, the other stars he was playing with. Like, he's kind of an old-school big. Like, as as much as it's like a, a get-off-my-lawn, like, back-in-our-day type of thinking, like, in in this game now, like, if you don't shoot threes, you're at you, – to me, you're – it curbs how much – you can really impact things. So much of the game happens from outside the three-point arc. So yeah, being that's a true. protector and deterring guys from even going into the lane is huge, and he'll get his blocks. But I think his impact on winning as a defensive presence will it be what goes up, not his stats. I think – I don't know how hot of a take this is. It might not be one. If he stays healthy, he might finish top five in rebounds this year. Oh, I, that I don't think is that hot of a take. No, okay. He's averaged double-digit rebounds every year of his career. So but, it's... But seriously, guys, is Russell Westbrook in the fifth the worst pick in the draft? No. No, because I... Russell, West, Russell Westbrook will still get his counting stats. You think so? Okay. Absolutely. Yes. I think since we're talking about counting stats, I will say I think Victor's team, from a Roto standpoint, will finish dead last in assists. Because I think other than Russell Westbrook, I think every one of his guys averages less than five assists a game. Yeah, the only other guy that could even possibly go above that is Bain without Jaw, where he has to be perhaps right. more of a creator. And right. even that is sin- so. When Bain when Bain comes back, he he is a shooter. Like that's it. Right when Jaw comes back, Jaden right. um, Ivey averaged five like, assists per game last season as a rookie. But I don't watch enough of the. 
Does it say how many how many minutes a game he played last year, perchance? I don't know. He played in seventy four games. I'll I'll pull it back up. Thirty one minutes a game. Five. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's. I mean, because I don't really. I haven't seen a lot of Pistons, so I have. I don't really know what him and Cunningham side by side looks like. I don't think anybody's watched the Pistons in twenty years. Truly, like I don't. <laughs> I don't think they've had more than like thirty five people watching a game at any given time in the last twenty years. So. <laughs> This is this is just box score math, but like, yeah, Ivy will get him some assists. Well, even I mean, I'm not. I I just maybe he averages five again. I just don't. I think Russell Westbrook again. It's Russell Westbrook is his highest assist getter. No, Andrew, I agree with you, and I don't think the Knicks extended Emmanuel quickly. They never play him enough minutes. Josh Hart's a great like do whatever his team needs. That night, so like random nights, he will have really good assist game, but not every single night. Um, but again, Victor, unlike Trevor and Paul, Victor didn't really uh set up his keepers for the next year, so he is Victor's goal is obviously win a game, don't trade away <laughs> his young best players, and like look just looking at his roster from a rebounds perspective i think he's pretty strong if i'm him like i find a team towards the deadline that is short the shortcoming is rebounds like i think josh hart is a good rebounding guard averaging 7 to 8 rebounds a game russell westbrook again still going to get the counting stats average over 6 rebounds a game and i think that's where you like look if you're short in rebounds i have not only like i would i'm not going to try to trade like necessarily mark williams but like hey a team short in rebounds maybe trade away Aiton in the second to a team contending and and like josh hart who can also help in rebounds from the guard side of things he kept three nicks i mean that's that's a that's a sad state isn't it like if you don't want to keep three nicks like I, I talked about it at right after the draft ended i was like man it's cool i've got two players from the warriors Two guys from the Kings, like like uh, a couple guys from Denver. Like it's great having multiple players on on really good teams because you know they're going to put up a lot of points. Meanwhile, Victor kept three Knicks. <laughs> well, Victor's keepers again. Yeah, we're for for those who are not looking at the draft board. Obviously, like we are, Victor kept Mitchell Robinson in the fourth, Jaden Ivy in the eighth, Josh Hart in the eleventh, Kelly Oubre in the twelfth. Emmanuel quick, quickly in the 13th. None of them in a vacuum is awful. Like any of those guys would have gone in that round or earlier if they had been put back, but probably the least talented collection of five out of all the teams. But I think Victor is, if his years before last year in this league and all his years in the baseball league are any indication, he's going to be tradesy. So um just be careful yeah well, i don't worry about about him changing his team for now i just it's one of those like yeah we can poke fun at how awful it is to start because he made he made this bed for himself no right? yeah it's it's uh yeah this is this is the uh the culmination of last year's effort mm. um okay love you victor um Moving on to the playoff teams from last year. Um, let's first talk about um, there are uh, four teams 
that lost in the quarterfinals, obviously. That's how that works. Um, Mark, Max, Chase, and Greg. Looking at those four teams, give me one that you think out of those uh, – and Max can't name yourself um, just for the sake of the exercise. Uh, give me one that you think has the best chance to – win the championship this year and one that has the greatest chance of falling out of the playoffs this year. Um, and I can go first if you guys are thinking. You go first. Okay. I, for me, I think the team with the best chance at the chip this year is Mark. Uh, I think the biggest thing that could get in Mark's way is um, his, his deep, admirable passion for the Orlando magic, which I think like that is not a commentary on Franz Wagner in the second. I think that was a fine pick. I, but I just mean in the grand scheme, I have fallen for it with wizards players. Um, Luke, who will get to his team in a little bit is the, one of the most egregious uh, Homer goggles, betters or fantasy managers I've ever known for better and for worse. Um, other than that, I mean, he has probably the best keeper infrastructure having Luca um, or excuse me, Jokic um, having Tatum, having SGA. Um, he has a very complete team. I think he took some risks in the draft knowing he had that infrastructure such as Ben Simmons um, that could have really big upside. And so I think this is a year where, again, he gets to the deadline, maybe pushes his chips in and can win it. I think the team with the best chance of falling out of the playoffs is Chase only because uh, we talked about all his key, his keepers are the first five rounds. So Chase doesn't even get to start drafting until the sixth round. Um, his keepers – are liable to miss chunks of time. Uh, Giannis, uh, probably the least of those four, but Zion, Chris Dapps, Kevin Durant. And so I think he's either going to break up that core and try and get some later keepers, which could be a, you know, he's a bubble team and chooses to be a seller for one year and restock, or it could be a guys get injured and the, bottom falls out in a bad luck type of way. But I think he is the most vulnerable because his team, while really, really good, is also just really, really top heavy as opposed to like Trevor and Paul's team who are like deeper, more balanced. So um, I'd say Mark has the greatest uh, threat to my throne and Chase is uh, like probably the widest spectrum of outcomes maybe of any team in this league. I disagree with you on Chase. I, I like some of his later picks. I love the crucifix um, on the Lakers, which I'll be honest with you. I have no idea what he's done tonight. I think he's on the floor right now. I think uh, you just like calling Christian Wood the crucifix. More obviously, than you like him as a player. Obviously I do. But <laughs> on top of that, though, I like RJ Barrett a lot. You've had him in the past. I do too. I had him last year. He is Update been... on Christian Wood's stat line, seven points, four rebounds. Yeah, okay. First so Fifteen minutes with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, it's it's you know game script. What are you gonna do? Um, <laughs> <laughs> RJ Barrett is a great PAR bet guy. 
because he can get hot from three. And I like that. I, I like PAR bet guys to begin with. Trey Murphy, I know we talked about a lot during the draft. Big threes guy, whatever stupid website Andrew was looking at, loved him. Um, no, I, I think Chase's team is going to be fine. Even if Zion gets fat and hurt again, that's fine. I think Chris Stapps as a keeper in the third was horrendous. But like the rest of his team is is really solid, albeit, yes, a little top-heavy. Bart Harley Jarvis. Fuck you, Bart Harley Jarvis. I hope you die, Bart Harley Jarvis. He's going <laughs> to be fine. He's going to make the playoffs. Um, no no bad doubt it. And Greg, no concerns there. Like, I, I really like his team top to bottom. Very even. If you look at it, like, throughout, he's got contributors, even considering the trade he made. Uh, James Wiseman is a hot topic with this group. Not even going to bring him up after bringing him up. The team, to me, that is in the most danger is Harden, my week one opponent. Thank goodness. Because he's got got LeBron going to let you down in the playoffs, James. Yeah, the opponent's changed. I think you're playing Andrew now. Oh, am I? Oh, okay. Well, now I'm facing Andrew. I was going to face Harden. Um, Metapod. Yeah, which, great. Great, great name, picture. I love, I love all of that. What I don't love are basically his first three round picks in LeBron, who I've kept before. But the thing about LeBron is he's never going to play in the playoff stretch or in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, James Harden, who's at a strip club now, for all I know, in Houston. Um, and like... He's going to miss time at some point. Who knows if he'll be traded. Kyrie Irving is like, I I can't, I can't put my finger on exactly what the problem is going to be, but there's going to be a problem. He said he doesn't, uh, he said he's here to lead these guys in a way they've never been led before. So I think he's dragging them to flat earth's edge and just, and just holding them over the edge, like it, uh, and and you know they're gonna learn what it's all about. Yeah, he uh, he needs to just hold Luca's jock and not say anything into any microphone ever. That should be his job. Um, but I mean, beyond that, like, there's some solid keepers here. There are some solid draft picks. I don't hate, but like. Aside from those big names up top that come with a lot of baggage to me, the rest of his team is just filled with guys that like, oh, I would trade for that guy. I would trade a, a back end of my team for for that guy. Like, oh, yeah, I like Jacob Pertle. Uh, I like him a lot. He's he's fine. Um, you know, Zach Levine is amazing. Buddy Heald is going to drill threes. Those I'm not factoring those guys into my everything's fine here, dude. Uh, but like – Harrison Barnes is the is the fourth best player on the court at any given time, guaranteed. Love my oh wait no now he's not even on the Kings he's on the Clips. Wait no he's on the Kings. Listen, it's late. Sacramento are the Kings, not the San Antonio Clippers. It is what it is. Uh, Harrison Barnes fourth best player on the court. Lonzo Ball, C Lamelo Ball and shoes and big baller brand and he ruined well, his. Yeah, I, no, I don't think Lonzo shoes. Ball is playing at all again this year either or ever again it was his legacy what andrew was saying earlier i think that was you know that 
He drafts Lonzo, then it immediately opens up a stream spot for him. And even if there's a 1% chance Lonzo becomes keepable on the 13th, but I mean, there's, it's, uh, I think it's really to just open up a stream spot. Lonzo's, Lonzo might never play basketball again. I don't fucking know. Am I off about the rest of his team though? Doesn't he seem like, it seems like he's got a lot of Jags on here, right? No, I mean, I think Brennan has a lot of talent. Brennan just, I, I think Brennan took a lot of risks. LeBron um, is, in my opinion, a risk just because, yeah, again, he, and he's exempt from these load managers. When is he going to pull? Like, you never know when he's going to play. Yeah. Uh, and, For what it's worth, I agreed with Max on the team not. Okay. I think Brennan's, I think Brennan's team is headed for like a complete rebuild, in my opinion. Like if you look at his top, you know, his top players, Kyrie's 30, almost 32, Harden's 34 and doesn't care about basketball. LeBron's 39. Zach Levine, I still think he has some injury problems. I mean, he's still about to be 29. Buddy Yield's 31. Valanchunas is 31 going on, about to be 32. Like he doesn't have any of those, like doesn't really have much young talent. And I think his top guys, his top three players could be like missing weeks at a time at any given time. So I think, I think Brennan's team is headed for the, I'm not going to make the playoffs. I'm going to trade these guys for late round keepers this year. Interesting. I mean, that's not too unlike what I was saying about Chase as well. I think Chase is team has more top end talent than Brennan. I think Brennan's team is probably deeper with talent than Chase, but I think they're both headed for kind of that. I could see Chase. Chase was going to be my second one, but I'm like trying to add in because you guys took the ones I was going to go with, but even well, with Chase, like Giannis is 29, but still a top five player in the NBA doesn't miss the time LeBron misses like Zion while, you know, to piggyback on what you guys are saying, fat piece of shit. Like <laughs> if he plays, like he's still 23. Like that still like has more from an upside perspective over what Brendan has. Yeah. So uh, I also think Chase is is close second behind Brennan. Um, but just quickly from a top, like put, like gonna be the guy the win, you you know, when you have three top if we were doing a redraft, arguably three guys that would be draft, drafted in the top five, like that's it. That's that's the team. Yeah. Doesn't really matter what else you have. Like if those guys are on, and that's not counting like other good role players such as Franz Wagner and Brooks Lopez and or Brooke Lopez and then Sangoon, like he just has an embarrassment of riches. And when you have and like when you have three guys in the top that would go in the top five of a redraft league, like that's that has to be the choice. For those of you that bet the Michael Porter Jr. PAR, it just hit. Fuck yeah, Overs Club. Um, uh, yeah, I will be slamming Michael Porter Jr. And for people wondering, PARs are points plus assists plus rebounds. Um. I got Michael Porter Jr. at over 21 and a half. I think Max got him at 20 and a half. Like I, got him, I got him at 20 and a half. And let me tell you, as someone who gambles, 
on all sports that I even know one thing about. So I try not to gamble on hockey because I don't think I've ever won a dollar doing it. Nothing good has ever happened when I've been on hockey before. But PAR, points, assists, and rebounds, betting on that, is the most entertaining prop bet of any sport anywhere, ever. Like over-under on strikeouts or bases, you know, or, or just run line. Anything like that for baseball is fine. Uh, for yardage, completed passes, whether or not somebody's going to throw an interception, obviously all the Super Bowl prop bets. PAR is more entertaining and fun to root for than any of them. And it's not close. Oh, I not- completely agree. Because it's similar to like when we're watching our IDPs and fantasy football and just you're like you just really need a few points and so you're looking for every tackle you're like buddha was that buddha it's like that was a defensive lineman bro there's yeah, no, no buddha's there. buddha's nearby helping somebody up and you're like damn it and then uh like in basketball like because like every time a shot goes up even if it's not our guy i'm like maybe he's gonna get this rebound like right. come on just or he passed it to the guy shooting. Not gambling. Yes. Oh advice, God, those are any... more dramatic when he shoots the, than when he shoots it right. himself. Not gambling advice, but anytime there's an MPJ par under twenty five, I'm slamming the hell out of it. Yeah. Yes. Same. Oh, for sure. Same. Um, I so you guys didn't say much about Greg's team. I just want to call. Oh, well, up. no, I was going to circle back and say we're going to talk about every team. So let's talk about Greg's team and then. Um, Max's team. Obviously, oh. that exercise was a little t- unfair to Max's team because he, I, um, like obviously he believes in himself, but he was cooperative and 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 named another team. But um, I do also like Greg's team. I, you know, I think a lot of us assume Greg will be back in the playoffs. Um, I think he's got his keepers really spread out. I think he drafted. Um, largely around field goal attempts. And so I always like that strategy Um, just because, uh, you know, again, like whatever, uh, however it might fuck your percentages, like um, getting field goals made, getting points. um, A lot of these guys, like whatever Bradley Beal's role becomes, I'm confident he's still going to be able to shoot a lot of open threes. Like Donovan Mitchell's a volume score, Terry Rozier's a chucker. Um, like Kevin Herter is going to get a lot of open shots. KCP is going to get a ton of catch and shoot corner threes. Like, um, so I I like his team in the sense that he kind of built it in the same mindset that I built it. I think he'll need to do more trading at the deadline to push himself over the top of some of these other teams we talked about, like a Trevor, like a Paul, like a Mark. But uh, I think he's definitely like entrenched in the playoff conversation. And I think Max. Bad bigs. Bad See, I, yeah, I think Greg is the guy His with his team. I think as Max said, and I'm sorry to steal your thunder, bad bigs. Bad I bigs. think. If well, you, Jimmy like, Wiseman sucks. I agree. And I think I other than I think, well, what I'm like, Jimmy Butler, I think will average probably over five rebounds a game from not the big spot, but like Robert Williams, uh, like he'll average more rebounds, but like not the best. Nurkic will when he's healthy, but he always gets hurt. And James Wiseman, I love him. However, like playing time is a concern and injury is a concern. 
So other than that, I think he needs rebounds. I think, and I know we we talk about this a lot in in our group text that we have with Trevor, but I think Greg's team is the classic. I'm going to be towards. I'm not going to be a top four contender, but I'm going to probably be a bottom two or three team that's going to make the playoffs. But does his team actually have a chance of winning? And so do I start trading for keepers? Because not to say that he has a bad team. I think it's a playoff team. But like other than Donovan, like Jimmy Butler's getting old. DeMar DeRozan's getting old. Bradley Beal's on a new, who knows what Bradley Beal's going to be. Like, I think he's a team that potentially is like, while he is a playoff team, might need to actually make the decision of, am I actually a contender and trade for keepers? Dude, you are yeah. changing Robert Williams for sure. Well, Robert Williams plays behind Aiton now unless they trade him again. Could be, yeah, absolutely. But Robert Williams in, like, I don't want to say limited minutes because it was 23. But, like, if Robert Williams is able to get more than 23 minutes, he with 23 minutes last year, he still averaged over eight rebounds per game. I don't I, think I, he's going to get those minutes. Yeah, if anything, I think his minutes will go down. Well, that's just a bummer for he Robert. Was the star- wasn't he the starting big in Boston? Um, yes, but also kind of because, like, they had Horford. Uh, he, like, I think Robert Williams came back from injury, and so he was, like, didn't play second night back-to-backs. And, and then, he didn't close also, out the game with – he wasn't in, in their game closing lineups. You know? I mean, 23 minutes a game is is – a good clip, but I feel like not even your stars, but your like entrenched starters, like maybe like a KCP level starter in, in Denver play like at least 28 minutes a game. Right. So it's not really starter minutes either. Um, but I, I, I do think again, it's not like um, you need only a, you know, if you don't have a top five player, you can't win. Because otherwise, again, Mark has three of the top five players probably. So we don't even have to play the fucking season if that's true. But uh, but you do need some top end talent. And and yeah, like Greg's best keeper this year is Donovan Mitchell in the second. And after the draft, his best keeper for next year is probably Donovan Mitchell in the second which is not going to compete with my team as Embiid. Andrew's team has Jokic. Mark's team has those guys. Uh, Max's team has both Kings guys. Uh, Like, you know, team with Steph, team with Wemby, all the guys on Trevor. Like, you know. It's not to say the team's bad. It's just. No, not at all. But to be your. It has a bunch of, in my opinion, like mid top level talent and then average talent like enough enough depth and he drafted well enough to where he's going to make the playoffs like doesn't have a ton of like well this guy shouldn't have been drafted like all of his guys should have been drafted but i just don't think he his top end he doesn't have enough top end talent to compete for like an actual championship and i think the only way he gets there is saying hey team at the very top that maybe needs depth or has gotten lucky injury wise i'll give you jimmy butler and demar Derozan for insert player i i just i don't think that's going to be necessary i really don't i do think that if you've got enough talent everywhere you know like i i don't know i i like jeremy grant i like andrew wiggins i like Derozan. i like mitchell like he has he doesn't have anybody that 
that aside from Donovan Mitchell, I guess, and Butler that really stand out and are going to compete against, like if he's facing Chase, then obviously Giannis is going to put up some absurd stat lines. But we've got enough uh, positions out there to where he can kind of piecemeal a much better team than somebody who might have top end talent and then underwhelming talent in other spots. I still think that's possible. Now, granted, we've only had two seasons with champions. Both those champions had. Oh, we've had three. We've had three. All, all three of you guys, because one of them had Steph, you had Embiid, and the first one had. Brennan had Jokic. Jokic. So, yeah, like not a great example there, but I still think it's very possible. And I think Greg has got the kind of the template for it. Like, and I'd like to, you know. Once we start talking about my team, let me tell you, even though you guys don't love Doma as much as I do, that's kind of what I'm going for, too, is you piecemeal it together because you don't have that. No, one. I do like Doma. That was in a that was in the context of a totally different conversation about Wemanyama, who I'm drunk on, as I've said. And we'll well, I, I think Greg took it like to start. He absolutely needs a, another big. Well, yeah. Oh, for sure. His, no, his, I, I starting agree. big doesn't get starter minutes. Nurkic. As I, I've traded for Nurkic, Ethan's trade like is made of glass. Just straight uh, made of me, glass. I think that uh and Wiseman isn't a starting center either. I think you've changed my mind also, Andrew, that like um because none of us none of us three pick Greg's team as the team that's gonna fall out of the playoffs. No, but none of us uh really think it's gonna win a championship either. And so, but I do think the point that Max was making also makes him a good candidate to try and trade for a top tier star. And maybe that, uh, maybe that like sparks his team to be better. Maybe it's getting that guy and it's still a year away and he goes more into the rebuilding mode. But I do think his as good as his team is, he would he would need everyone needs a little luck in the playoffs, but he would need more luck than others in the playoffs. Um, you know, like Embiid sucked in the real life playoffs, but when again, when he was playing in our playoffs, like he was, uh, he was fucking crushing. Well, and there's something to be said. Like I make the playoffs and am air quote competing every year. Like there's something to be said about that. That makes it fun. At winning is more fun than the other thing. However, it's I don't think a lot of people look at it that way. To where it's like you know, I want to make the playoffs every. Like as long as I make the playoffs, I'm good. Like I want to. That gives me a chance. However, I I think it might be beneficial, especially considering he doesn't have like a super young guy from a keeper perspective other than uh, Sir Thompson. Like, not to say his guys are old, but they're not young either. So he's kind of like that team in the middle at this point to where he doesn't have, like, in my opinion, a top-end young superstar. Um, So, again, who knows what actually happens, but I would strongly consider looking at, hey, what can I do to get – like doesn't you're not maybe maybe not get like a top five player, but what can I do to get a top fifteen player? Right, that's fair. And Another top fifteen player. If Austin Thompson becomes a top fifteen player, then awesome, you have two of them. But right. like you, you should you know, you should go get one now because again, it would call you would have to, and it might even be you have to wait till somebody gets 
in, in a bad injury spot like we were talking about earlier and you have trade them many you know b tier players for one a tier player and it like this is a, a random example and i'm not looking enough into this to not like this could sound stupid but like let's say you know Trevor drafted Anthony Davis and Paul George. We're getting towards the trade deadline, and both those guys are hurt. Would he trade a Chet, a Bam for DeMar DeRozan and Jimmy Butler? Some like just something like that to where he's I don't think he would, but like just something along those lines to where that's kind of making the realization of hey, I'm not my team isn't as good as this. Let me trade those two guys who are older in earlier rounds and see what kind of keeper I can get. I mean, yeah, I don't know. To your point, like I'm not looking deep enough into any one specific trade right now, but like the spirit of of that, like, yeah, two earlier round veteran known commodities for one, like, you know, um, major upside guy, like, um, I agree because again, you need, you don't need, it's not like only a team with a top five player can win, but it does strike me as very difficult to win without like a top 15. Right. Player. And I don't like, think like, Mitchell's a top 15 fan. Right. Like Chuck is competing and is trying to win and like is towards the top. Would he trade? one of his, you know, higher, like not higher end keepers, but would he trade like, he probably wouldn't. But again, like would he trade Laurie Markkinen for Jimmy Butler and Bradley Beal or Jimmy Butler and DeMar DeRozan? Or, I mean, even all three of them, right? Um, For Markkinen, something like that. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think it'll be interesting to see how he proceeds. Greg is also, I mean, he's already made a trade to get a Sar Thompson. Um, like I think he's somebody that is like that definitely will talk trade. So I think it'll be interesting also just um to like see what guys because he kept his we all drafted together, us three and him, and uh and then David and Blake on FaceTime. And they, Greg kept it kind of close to the vest. So I don't even know necessarily some of his upside guys that he likes. I mean, he went and got one of them. But so if you guys could see, just just make a mental picture for yourselves. It's Ethan and Andrew sitting at my kitchen table, just like whispering sweet nothings to each other, like cupping their mouths so that it's comfortable. And just being like, Oh yeah. Like so that Greg and I couldn't hear while we were, you know, drafting our own teams. It's like, oh, the guy I want is hibbity bibbity. You know, because Andrew and I picked like we were uh, never in like the way of each other. Because after I would draft, Ethan would have two more picks and I would ask after Ethan, like what like we were never Andrew, Luke, me, me, Luke, Andrew, and that was it. So we were always like exactly like we it was easier to not get in each other's way but also that's a i was calling greg out on being aloof and that was a good call out on that we were also being sounds like you're just jealous and stop being a a bitch now i was being a pot call me kettle black that was uncool so greg yeah let's not call any kettles black you don't know what color that that kettle is greg asked me multiple times because he picked right behind me um 
hey, who are you going to take here? Because I know it's going to be one of my guys and I'd like to know. And I basically politely told him to lick my butthole because I'm not going to help him. I want your mind to be in a pretzel because I'm (laughs) here having to pivot my own draft strategy. When somebody takes my guys, I'm not going to make your life any easier. I want you to lose. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you guys enjoyed, you know, the whispering sweet nothings and, and helping each other. But no, I'm sorry. I'm a, I've got the the mind of a winner. You know, I'm just trying to win over here and, and do whatever's necessary. So. <laughs> well, uh, we let let's before we segue into talking about our three teams, let's talk about Luke's team and then we can finish up. I know it's a little out of order, but then we can finish up just us three talking about our own teams. Um, just you know, being mean, I'm assuming. But no reason to be mean about Luke's team. He made the playoffs for the first time last year. Uh, granted, it's only like we've only had a few years of playoffs. not like anyone's really had a drought. But got all the way to the finals, finished in second place. Um, I can't remember who won it all. Oh, me. But uh, he brings back another very good team. Um, kind of like with Mark, I think Luke's greatest threat is his own homerism for both UK alums and for his Cleveland Cavaliers. I say that kind of jokingly, but also kind of very seriously. Um, I really liked Luke's draft a lot, um, because I feel like he drafted, um, like he kind of, he drafted for uh youth even though he has like young keepers like he drafted he drafted so that he has the potential to trade a uh like let's say Austin Reeves blows up and averages 24 points a game this year um like he can trade Austin Reeves with great long-term keeper value for to one of those teams, like a, I think uh, this team they match up perfect with Greg, right? And so that's like it's I his think, oldest player is twenty eight. Yes, it's so much youth, and he does have the top end talent because I you know, Tyrese Halliburton I think is going to win multiple assist titles. I think in his career he has that guy in the ninth round. Um, Evan Mobley's obviously a G. Devin Booker uh, is obviously a G maybe his role changes a little, but yeah, just a ton of youth. And so it's, it doesn't have to be a finished product. He has the baseline to, it's like, no doubt. I think unless he has really bad injury luck should get in the playoffs, but he can trade. He set up really well to trade to rebuilders and like set himself up to easily go all in for the playoff run. Yeah. I I really like his team. No, Andrew, I'm going to cut in front of you. Go. Uh, No, I talk way too much anyway. I'm sorry. He was very aware of his keepers going into the draft. Like, you could see that in the draft. He's got a bunch of shootos. You know, he's got Halliburton and Booker who are going to load up on points. Uh, Halliburton's going to get assists. Simons, same thing. Jalen Williams going to shoot a lot of shots. And then obviously Mobley, his sweet, sweet Cavalier being his only big. And then he just immediately drafts big and, and you know, uh, three and D type guys. I love it. 
Like I love Ben Caro with his first round pick, Jalen Duran. I know we talked about during the draft, like shit. He went early and he probably deserved to go that early. And then Reeves, PJ Washington, great value on Sexton, and then right back to Biggs with Paul Reed. Like it, it to me, he drafted a very complete team. And prior to the draft, I would have been like, man, this guy's really only got one thing aside from Evan Mobley, and that's guards. And then he immediately came in and solved that, you know, alleged problem. And now he's got a very well-rounded team. Like, I'm not looking forward to facing Luke this year. He, I, I also think he took some guys ahead of where other people would have drafted them, which I'm a big fan of drafting for need in basketball. In baseball, I'm a big, you know, best player available as, as much as you possibly can. But for this, because we're dealing with a much more limited roster and the, uh, the categories are a little bit more prescriptive between, like, what's a good player and what's a bad player. Like, I think drafting for need is is super important, and he did it really well. No, I, I completely agree. I think other than percentages, which, again, are the hardest thing to probably plan for, I think from a counting stat perspective, he's probably top five in every single one of those categories. His keepers are, are one of the top, like, probably not as top-heavy, but, like, Tyrese Halliburton in the ninth, what idiot traded that guy? Um Devin Booker in the second obviously is awesome. Like his his keepers are are really really solid, but like he drafted guys that you could easily see. Like oh yeah, I could see him keeping him. Even like Banchero in the first, you know, like that's could definitely see that being a keeper. Jalen Duran in the third, like that's a really really good pick. Um, so I I really really enjoy wow. or and like what he did with this team. And like I said, they're all young young guys. And he also drafted guys with a lot of upside. Like Austin Reeves is a big breakout guy this year. Jalen Williams was a top of like a ton of like sleeper boards from what, for, at least from the research that I did. So I think from a draft, like Cole Anthony, he was one of the top gets like from a late round keeper perspective for the first cup. Now who knows what's going on in the Orlando backcourt, but like Cole Anthony could, could explode at any point. Isaiah Jackson, anybody playing on Indiana that gets to play with Halliburton, their value is good. So I think he, from a draft perspective, I think he filled stuff in very nicely. And like I said, top five in probably all the counting categories and matches up from a trade perspective really, really well to to maybe put his team over the top from a top-end talent standpoint. There are yeah. some Orlando Magic that are rostered in the league, like so many more than I would have anticipated. I know Mark's a fan, and he drafted – Franz and kept Markel Foltz, but then Bank Arrow always was going to be drafted. I guess Cole Anthony too. I don't know. Like I just uh, well, I think Orlando's been, well. I don't want to talk about the Magic, and then Mark's going to be screaming because like <laughs> we don't know shit, and he follows them closely. But I do think uh, with the, all their guards, I'm not really sure who's going to play that much. One thing we we do know is yeah, Wagner and Van Caro are gonna play a lot. Those guys right. are- and they they handle the ball a ton too. Like yes. Fultz and Suggs yeah. are currently projected to be their starting one and two guard on their depth chart, but then you also have Cole Anthony. They spent a top, I think another lottery pick on another guard this yeah, last Anthony year. Black. Anthony right. Black. So it's like yeah. there's only so many minutes like that that are gonna go around and it's just like 
one of those one of those guys like that are young. I guess Markel Fultz isn't considered like young even anymore, even though he's only twenty five. But like they just have so many high draft picks invested in in the guard position. It's tough to determine like which one is actually going. Like one of those guys is going to get cut out. It's probably Cole Anthony now that I've you know up talked Cole Anthony. But you know what are you going to do? I have I drafted Jalen Suggs and he's theoretically in a really late keepable round. From a trade perspective, I would trade him for another bowl of the risotto my wife made for dinner, but I'll probably just drop him week one because I just don't, you know. But maybe uh, my hope is that, you know, Mark hears that and goes, oh, you don't understand Suggs, and then offers me <laughs> one. But I, I don't know. It's it's just a lot of magic. It's so much magic. But I think also, like, they've been in the lottery a lot. They've been building – um, you know, if this regime, I, and again, I don't know anything about their front office, but like, if this regime is smart, then they should start ascending not to championship levels or anything, but like to be in the play in Orlando should be able to be top 10 in the East this year, in my opinion. So that's like very frisky. And their youth is very appealing. Uh, how many teams are in the East? Like 11, 15. Oh, okay. So that's. I mean, again, like maybe they won't, but uh, <laughs> I think like that's. I think they will, and I think that's what they are. You know, hopefully, is a build like a step towards building greater. Um, you know, or maybe they'll um, stay on the on the uh, Ferris wheel in the lottery. And turn Mark's hair gray, but I, as, I don't think. We as someone who's been a big Kings fan for almost a full year now, couldn't be me. Couldn't be <laughs> me. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> um, okay, and then there were three, us three. Max finished uh, as a quarterfinalist last year. Andrew finished in third place. And again, I'm not sure if you guys were aware. Um, I am the champion. Um, let's, I guess, let's maybe each take a turn. Max, like, give us 30 seconds on why you love your team. And then Andrew and I can each take turns ripping it apart. And then like Andrew's on the hot seat and then I'll be on the hot seat. My keepers are what they were, you know, like I got my two Kangs. Uh, I love Aaron Gordon. He played really well tonight. Carl Anthony Towns is a top 10 player in the league if he's healthy, which is saying a whole hell of a lot because he's never, ever, ever, ever healthy. But God, I hope he is this year. Uh, I took Jalen Green because I I kept a bunch of bigs and the only point scorer I had was De'Aaron Fox. So hopefully Jalen Green breaks out in a big way this year. Um, Took CP3 earlier than I probably should have and, and big groan from the rest of the room when I took him, but... He's going to get assists as the sixth man slash second unit guy, probably for Golden State. Um, And then I'm still hanging on to two rookies that I'll probably end up peddling to the two of you and Derek Lively, too, and Bilal Sulebae, both rookies from your favorite teams. So, like, I, I, I am... I'm happy with the team I drafted and then obviously very quickly turned around and traded for Jeremy So Chan, who's just a, a my guy 
like the ultimate PAR bet. Uh, big PAR guy. Big PAR guy. I think we all made a shitload of money at the baseball draft. I bet $100 on his PAR, yeah. and he had already hit like four in a row going in. I think we were going over rule changes and also watching the Spurs yeah. game just because so many of us had that PAR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On a TV that later the wind blew into the pool, and it still works to the point where I'm watching basketball on it right now. And um, we were in said pool. We were in the pool, <laughs> and it fell in the pool with us. Not only did nobody die, but the TV was dangerous. Uh, I, I Buster is alive. Dangerously. So I I traded for my two favorite PAR guys, and Michael Porter Jr. played great tonight, and So Chan, who I, I don't know what a forward who's a point guard on the depth chart looks like, but we're going to find out, and I know he's – He's going to come out with his pink hair and be freaking super fun to watch. He's a spark plug, okay? And not in the way that, like, the fantasy football show said. Like, he is uh, he is just electric to watch. Same reason I like to watch Aaron Gordon. Just He just seems like he's always doing something good. And then uh, also made a trade for Terry Rozier because, again, I came in with very weak guards and left the draft still with fairly weak guards. Um, I, th- I believe I mentioned Jalen Suggs. So needed some help there. Happy I got Rogier. I think I've got a well-rounded team. I think we're underdogs coming into it, but I've got some potential breakout guys and some guys that I think everybody else underrates that I really, really like who I've already mentioned. So you asked for 30 seconds. I think I gave you like 90. Well, no, that's, is, that's fine. Just so good. If you had oh. like, I'm I'll start if you want me to. I don't hate Max's team. I think he took too many like insanely high risk guys. Um yeah. and for for my liking, like I love So Chan, but like I think he was probably drafted a little too early there, considering again well, that's I, just my I that's just, right, right, right. But he traded, ended up trading something more for it, so it helped you anyways. Like, yeah, I, I was, was to be right. So, like again, I I don't hate him, but I I try to stay away from Spurs at the top of the draft just because the unknown with Wimby, like Stugs, Talon, Horton, Tucker. Like I know Bilal Koulibaly is like a late round guy. I I don't love him. I also think Jay, you took Jalen Green and way 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 too early. He so maybe I, I think somebody after I took Jalen Green who's going to score more points than him. Let me pull it up, dude. Pull it up. I think Jalen Green, I, you know, he's definitely somebody that is important, much like we were talking about with Orlando. Like, if, and again, I don't know if Houston will finish in the top 10 in the West because they are only just sort of, they're even further behind, I think, in their rebuild. But if they start, like, you know, if they're really, if they're actually drafting correctly and Jalen Green pans out, and Jabari Smith pans out, and Tari Eason pans out, and uh, Amen Thompson. You know, they have a ton of young guys who – so I think they're going to want Jalen Green to be involved. I mean, I'm not saying I hate Jalen Green. I just think, you know, I would have rather – I get why you took him over Clay. I think Clay might average more points than him. I think Jalen Green, what averages – Bradley Beal could end up averaging more points point i know he was like he wasn't available for you to take but i i just think you i don't like jalen green i think like you do obviously and i think you took him listen you should have taken the guy that was taken before him oh i just said he wasn't available i'm just saying i I don't 
there. Like I think he's good in, in a, from a points perspective, but if you look at like, is he going to help? He's not going to like, he's a guard that doesn't pass. Yeah. Oh yeah. I completely agree. And I hope, I hope that evolves a little bit because he's still a very young and talented player, but yeah, no, I, I drafted him for points. I mean, I agree, but to me, like in the third round, I think you're looking for more or trying to find more than just one category contributors. For what it's worth. From a counting stat perspective. I wanted Beal. I would have taken Beal. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. So as soon as Greg took Beal, yet another reason why I wasn't trying to help Greg out at the draft, he took Beal ahead of me, and then I had to take Jalen Green, who I still like, and I think he's going to be good, but he needs to be better than he was going into the draft. Like he, his value needs to increase for me to get my money's right for me. Like looking through your roster, I think, and I think in this, like, I think Aaron Gordon's one of the most underrated players in our league. He, that guy does everything, but realistically, not that you will, but like realistically, Derek lively, Jonathan Kaminga, maybe Jalen Suggs, Taylor Hort, Horton Tucker and Bilal Koulibaly could all be dropped by the end of next week. Well, not that you would do that, but like realistically, like I that wouldn't shock me. I mean, like you know what Lively was drafted to be. He's an investment. More, you know what it is, Andrew. I think he's been because Max. I we kind of touched on this when we talked about Brendan's team and LeBron. Max had LeBron, and two years in a row. LeBron was his best player. He got to the playoffs and two years in a row in the fantasy playoffs, LeBron was sitting out and Max lost in the first round. Max is so scarred on that. And so Max was like, fuck veterans. And then randomly was like, nah, Chris Paul. And then right back to just like, fuck veterans, everyone in their third year or younger. Like it's right. It's crazy how he was like, it's just I don't want the unknown and Wimby, but then drafted so many guys where it's like I don't know. <laughs> so I Chris Paul has already missed the real life lottery. Chris Paul has already missed two three pointers in this game, which isn't great, but he's taken the shots, which is what really counts. Um, I traded Thompson, and I, like it, the only two rookies I drafted three rookies, traded one of them. The other two, the other two are clearly just trade targets for you guys, you know? Or Derek Lively pans out and I hold him over your head forever. Same thing with Ball. Well, you know, we'll see. If Ball is playing well enough that it that I'm drunk enough on him to have my throat ripped, then it only means good things for the Wizards. So, go Wizards. Um, but we will see. Okay, Andrew, you are on the hot seat obviously um like you made a pretty substantial trade with Jokic for Luka before you go I'd just like to read that Mark said I told him last night like good luck this week good luck to the magic because we're facing this week and I was like uh and like good trade or whatever Uh, Andrew was so happy to get Luka he's a big Mavs fan and he, he said, ha, ah, dude, I went through my texts with him from last year. He was blowing me up all year for Luca. And I just picture like it just being like, willing to trade Luca? No. Willing to trade Luca? No. You willing to trade Luca? No, just forever. Yeah. And then finally got him. 
which is before I defend my team, what like I texted Mark drunk as shit one night, just shit faced. And I go, what would it realistic, realistically take for Luca expecting the nothing? He goes, to be honest, I wouldn't trade him without like it. Probably I would only the only guy I would trade him for is probably for Jokic. So I instantly texted Brennan again, drunk as shit and go, hey, what do you want for Jokic? And he goes, dude, I don't know. Like he's the best player in fantasy. And I go, pick any four players from my team. Brennan's response, fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then got got him, right? I immediately, as soon as it, the trade was accepted, texted Mark, all right, I have Jokic. What do you want for Luka? And he goes, I don't know, dude. Like, I'd probably want Jokic and a significant piece. And I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured the best time that I was, it, I need, I, again, hope, I think Luca, Jokic's value is higher this year and maybe, you know, is higher this year and for the first couple of years. Luca is younger and on my favorite team. So I, I have no regrets. I finally have, I'll probably never text Mark again, other than like maybe once, once every, you know, couple of months say, Hey dude, thanks for giving me Luca. Mark, so, you really burned a bridge with that trade. He's never going to text you again. Well, it's mainly just because I have my guy. He'll be hearing less. He has me. other guys on his team. But not my no, guy. No, but I don't think Andrew was saying that like he was trying to make a trade embargo with Mark. He was just saying, no. like, now no, I'll leave you alone. I'll annoy the hell out of him and not only ask for Luca. But, but from – go ahead, Ethan. No, I was about to say, but other than that trade also, how do you feel about your draft? Yeah, so I think this is probably the best draft that I've had since the league started. Um. To be honest, that may say more about how shitty my drafts were previously. Um, I think my team has a very low floor. So I, I think getting DeAndre Hunter in the last round, that's someone that's going to average, you know, 15 points a game and, 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 you know, four rebounds and maybe some assists. Who knows what happens with Atlanta, though? I think I was able to get some rebounds late and some bigs late, knowing that I planned on trading Jokic for Luka. So I think Zubac in the round that he was in, guy averages 11 points, 10 rebounds a game was huge. I still think I'm a little weak from a rebound perspective. However, I think my from a guard perspective, I have probably some of the strongest guards in the league. Um, Jaden Hardy, who's probably my one of my first drop candidates from a fantasy perspective, if he gets the minutes, can can score with anybody. Um, Bruce Brown as a depth guy. Norman Norm Powell, I think, is one of one of the steals of the draft. Also, could very easily average twenty points a game. I know Ethan hates D'Angelo Russell, but I think D'Angelo Russell is a guy that scores and gets a ton of assists. Tyler Hero, late keeper, is solid. Cam Johnson and obviously Luca. I'm expecting big things from Onyike Ongaku, Akongwu. Um, I think he takes a step and potentially, I think Atlanta's going to trade Clint Capella. So I expect big steps from him. Um, and then I think my best pick of the draft was Kyle Kuzma, um, a guy that's going to average 20 points and, and probably close to double digit rebounds um, in the in the round that I got him, I think was nuts. And then obviously, I think the biggest. Like determining success guy on my team is going to be Scoot. How, how does Portland use Scoot? How much 
Um, I took him in the second round, which I think was a, probably a little early, but I liked the upside there over um, the other older guys that were available. So I think considering what everyone says that Scoot would have been in almost every other year, a really good number one overall pick, except he was in it with the freak Wimby. Um, I think if Scoot has a really, really good year, then my team's going to be really, really good. Very interesting. I'll kick us off, Ethan. Let me start as I tear into his team. Tear into me. Um, Andrew, you're going to shoot a lot of fucking threes, man. Like, your team is going to shoot. So they're going to shoot so shoot. many threes. Like, it's it's absurd how many threes you're going to shoot. I also, I don't know where you're getting Kuzma averaging double-digit rebounds. I said close to double-digit. Yeah, well, seven. Seven last year. Um, I think he'll average more than that now. That I, I think the Wizards will need him to average more because the Wizards probably have the worst center rotation in the league. Like Gafford's a, a okay lob guy, but he's not like a that good a screener. He's not an elite defender. He's not. And the point being, I think they're going to need Kuzma to kind of contribute in like to the rebounding and stuff. Honestly, that's probably how he's already gotten to seven a game. But, uh, yeah, I think he could be up, like, to eight, eight and a half a game this year. Again, that doesn't have any – the Wizards might also lose more games as that happens. But, yeah, like it's just he played 35 minutes a game last year, and he had seven rebounds. Oh, that's going to – and that's going to continue because this is going to be like Harrison Barnes when he first got to the Kings. Um which you know, I, like, I all think right, you're the it, expensive veteran, and we're going to start building. So it's like he's going to get his run, and he's going to get his money. This is all to say, I don't think like you have a very clear weak, weakness in big man stats, blocks, and rebounds, which is obviously supplement, supplemented by Luca being. You know, I've always said the NBA is positionless league, and uh, Luca gets. Rebounds, assists, points, threes, you name it, he's going to get it. But I would say the the biggest problem that your team has is that you're relying on both in a, from a percentages standpoint and just from like a games played standpoint, you're even if your rebounds are represented in other positions, like the fact that you're going to be starting these centers and other bigs that aren't necessarily good for a lot. Like I, I like a Kongu, but he is your best center. It's either him or Zubak, right? Like it's right. And Andrew, literally he took him before he took Zubak. And he literally said, cause I think Atlanta will trade Clint Capella, which I do too. The factualness or not the factualness, like the, the legitimateness of that projection. I agree with, but it's like, okay, that's my co-center one is a guy who is, very much his value is tied to somebody else getting moved off the roster to let him ascend into the starting lineup. So that's tough with center. It's tough with center because sometimes you'll get a power forward center, but a lot of centers are just center eligible. That's why I was more than happy to trade for Gobert. But I feel like even last year though, like playing behind Clint Capella, he still averaged like what, seven, eight rebounds a game. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he averaged seven a game, and he still played 23 minutes a game, which obviously would go up if Capella leaves. I also think you are hurt immensely by Aquaman, Stephen Adams. Um, just being yeah, up. that's just shitty luck. 
yeah, that's that's shit luck at a position where you couldn't afford shit luck. But everywhere else, you're super strong. Like I love there's a lot of guys on your team where it's like, man, like they have the potential to be better. And like I just like the stats they get now too. Like obviously I traded you Cameron Johnson. I'm happier with MPJ because he's my guy. But like Cameron Johnson, he's sleeper breakout potential guy that everybody keeps like he's on a bunch of lists if you were doing uh well, basketball research. And and I I am also very intrigued by like he's one of a few guys that were with USA basketball, either like on the team that was like kind of our B team at the World Cup or the select team that scrimmaged against him a few times. Like uh so yeah, Cunningham I mentioned um Johnson is definitely another one. Bridges, um, Mikhail Bridges is definitely another one. So, but I think also that trade, there's an eight. MPJ will put up better fantasy stats right now, but he's also eight rounds earlier. And I also and needed the keeper. Player. I needed some keeper. I like I really only kept three guys last year. So I traded them all for Jokic. Right. You you gave up your your top four keepers to get Jokic, who is now Luca. So I mean, while I, I do think this year MPJ might be better, I think they're going to be similar considering I think he takes a step forward, and I think MPJ, with his injury history, that plays into it. Bruce Brown is like, not nothing. Oh, he's not nothing. I, but the only reason why I kept sure. him is because it's like, oh, he is a guy that plays good minutes in a late round. Like he he was my key. He was Sam a Johnson keeper because he was as there. good as MPJ – then they're equals in Cam Johnson's eight rounds later. Right. That's the point. It's oh, yeah, not a slight on MBJ at all. Right, 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 right. That would be great. Yeah, I. Right. That would be great for Andrew. I, I thought would, it was a fair trade both ways. We're both uh, very happy with that trade. So, I, and, and like I said the, about your threes, you got Hero, Cam Johnson, Keegan Murray, D'Angelo Russell, Luca. Like you're going to be popping threes all over the place. That's that's going to be a popular Hero. The hero, and then Keegan Murray is a king. You know what else? What else you want there? You I've got the record for threes. I uh, I've got a standing bet on uh, the Kings winning the championship, and it's like fifty dollars to win sixteen hundred dollars. Um, and so I'm going to need Keegan to step it up. That's I all I can say about that. Yeah, I like him as well. I think he could end up still being, you know, Andrew makes a, a plenty of trades. We've kind of already discussed that. So any of these guys besides Luca uh, could end up getting moved. But I could see even if Andrew improves his keepers, like we were, he was just talking about with Johnson, I could still see Murray ending up in his five at season's end anyway. Uh, like just would it's a, which is a testament to say like I think Sacramento will be good again this year. I think Murray will like take a next step. So it doesn't have to be you know, like a, a, a superstar or anything. But if you're like Joe Harris from three, but like a legitimate contributor in other ways, that's a kick-ass fantasy player. Um. Anyway. To finish, we should probably talk about the champion, which is me. Um, I am, 
I still think I have the best team, but I think a lot of us think we have the best team as we should because, like, we have no fucking clue what's going to actually happen yet, and there are a lot of talented teams. Um, Embiid, he, like, and his future with the Sixers is the biggest variable for me because that's the biggest reason why I won last year. Um, but my hope is that no matter what happens with Joel Embiid, that three years from now, Anthony Edwards is winning scoring titles and is my best player anyway. I feel like I've won my Embiid championship. And so now we're going to see. I got my guy Siakam. I was satisfied with the draft, but I drafted a lot of rookies to kind of like we were talking about with Luke to be able to um, – to be able to like match up well with a rebuilding team at the deadline or worst case scenario, like it improves my five. Like I drafted Jalen Brunson in the third last year and then he had best year of his career. And so he became an accidental keeper. So who knows, but my, I feel like I've won my MB chip and now it is, I'm hoping that Anthony Edwards ascends to start becoming my best player in the next couple of years. Um, but I don't think I, I think again, there's eight to 10 teams that are with none of us knowing shit, I think all have like a lot of talent. So I think I'm just one of those. Go ahead and rip it apart. Okay. I, this being said, I, I do like your team a lot. I do think it's very, like, there's, it's very like top heavy, great, like really good guys. Then it, like, there's no, in my opinion, like in between guys at the moment, obviously you drafted some young guys that could end up being that. I think for you, Brandon Miller and Amin Thompson are guys that you probably look to trade sooner rather than later. Um, but I like I love Siakam. Gobert is what he is. Suits for a high percentage is going to get a ton of blocks, a ton of rebounds. Um, but like you know, Embiid, Edwards, Brunson, Brown, Van Vliet, Siakam, Gobert are all guys, if they were to put back, are all probably going in the top two rounds uh, of our draft. And then I think it kind of falls off a cliff. Not not a full cliff, but like maybe, you know, you roll down the cliff a little bit. Baby so the little baby cliff. So I think that's where you look and when you trade Brandon Miller and, and potentially Thompson, not, not win, if. Um, I guess that's where you kind of look to fill that gap. But that's I, I think my biggest issue with your team is that it it while it is top heavy, you don't have the best of depth towards the bottom of your roster, in my opinion. I would agree with that somewhat. I mean, like I kind of like I, I like the depth that he's got because it's players that should be getting minutes early. Like obviously Kispert is probably his could drop tomorrow spot. Yeah, that's why that's going to end up probably. You love you also love Minnesota. You love them. Well, yeah. What's not to well, love? Well, my it? big thing is yeah, like I said with Anthony Edwards, like I'm. That's not specifically why I got Gobert, but obviously I have a vested interest in Minnesota because Anthony Edwards is already their best player. I uh, didn't do any like I I hadn't heard of Taylor Hendricks till you drafted him and then I researched and I was like you know what like that could be a guy for them this year like that I think that was a really good pick I do think which we've brought this up before but I think Amon Thompson was a hideous reach in the fourth 
like just because oh, well, yeah andrew and i in the whispering during the draft that you were describing before one of those whisper conversations was uh me saying i fucked up taking amen thompson so early because his twin and like his twin went like four rounds later or three or four rounds later and then uh i took brandon miller like three or four rounds later and Cam Whitmore went way after that. And I was like, I thought, but in the in the past, the, the run on top rookies started early. And Andrew took Scoot in the second round. I know Wemby's a unique case. But Andrew took Scoot in the second round. Kate Cunningham like had gone in the third round in previous drafts. So I was like, all right, here we go. Fourth round. I'm not going to pick, you know, I have the full fourth round and the full fifth round until I pick again. And so I'm calling my shot bad mistake. Not bad mistake, but my worst pick probably for sure. I do think that your pick, like the pick from this draft that will probably pay off the most long-term is going to be accessory to murder Brandon Miller um, for Charlotte. Like, wasn't he like third overall pick? And you got him in a pretty late round. Uh, Second overall pick. I got him. Eighth round. No, I got him in. I think. So, I I really like that pick. To me, that's that's one of those like, if you're a contender, um, you are probably dealing him later in the year. And if he's playing enough minutes, then he he might just not be touchable for you. You might end up going. No, he and Anthony Edwards are going to be like paired with Embiid. How I repeat. Like that's that's just the way it's gonna be. Um that being said, I I think you you have so much great top end talent that it's not gonna be hard for you to fill those gaps. I do think it's kind of tough because if you once you get past Kispert, is your next most droppable player Rui? Like when you factor in considerations? Probably either. Rui or depending on uh depending on how like center streaming goes Nas Reed. But... I thought Nas Reed was fucking untouchable. Oh my god. These guys you, negotiated you rat fuck. Oh, I was also very drunk. They were flirting harder than Deshaun Watson with a massage therapist he met on Instagram. Like just Jesus. getting into it with each other. And Hachimura to me is a is a really disappointing thing from tonight. Him and the crucifix both got 15 minutes and Torian Prince got 30. Like between Hachimura and the crucifix, they get like their minutes add up to Torian Prince's minutes. Torian Prince who who's a plus minus well, negative 14 for the day. We'll see about if it's like based on a specific matchup or if that's going to be their regular rotation. Like, I don't want to make any huge conclusions off of one night. I think Rui could end up being just a bench rotation guy, though. I think Tori and Prince could also, but um, it's not like it's not like they, you know, it's not like Rui's on a max contract or anything. Like, he's... So I, I actually think that Ethan tr- needs should trade Brandon Miller or 
early, like Brandon Miller or Thompson early from a standpoint of his five keepers being Embiid, Edwards, Brunson, Brown, Van Vliet. Like, I think that's going to be really tough for one of those guys to actually break in and be a keeper for him. That's not an early season problem, though. Not not an early season problem, but I think he could, like, for example, I think a team that's that's deciding, hey, I like one of the first ones to sell, because I think the later you wait, you have m- more teams trying to buy less, like more teams trying to buy with less teams selling. And I think people are going to be willing to give up more than a Brandon Miller. Well, and I, that is why I drafted, I didn't like veterans that were there. I agree. Amen ended up being too early, but at the time, I didn't even think I was like making a hot take or being that bold. Um, Brandon Miller, much better value in the seventh, but like, I drafted early so I can, to a rebuilding team, be like, here's this asset. Let me cop a veteran off of you. Um, And so, yeah, I agree. I don't know about any specific timeline on that because also we all know, and I have, I, and this, uh, like, I have no idea who's in our, uh, in our waivers right now, but like, there's somebody who's in waivers right this second uh, who's going to end up like blowing up in fantasy this year. So there's oh, for sure. Like I think on any trades, like right after the draft is one thing, but then I'm like, all right, I kind of like to settle in for a few weeks, try and get my bearings on the start of the season, which is to say like the smart people that I follow, like wait for them to have opinions and then parrot them. Uh and that, so I don't know if I'm going to like, this is just like a random shitty way, example but. for me. Like, for example, if I'm Vic, well, Mark will like, this isn't a good example. Cause Mark, like Mark Williams is in round seven for him, but like, let's say Victor had the seventh round for free. Like if I both sides, like I would try to be like, can I get one of like Bain, Aiton or Th- Clay Thompson for, uh, what the fu- what is his fucking name? Uh, Brandon Miller. Miller. Yeah, it's uh, the fact that he has another. Good right, like that's not the best like comparison. Oh, no, I know what like... you mean. Like, but um, again, Brandon Miller just fell to the seventh round, so that's also emblematic of what others in the league think of him until we see more. Right. Like for like even another one, like again, not the best example. I don't know what Greg thinks of Andrew Wiggins, but like let's say the first two weeks, you know, Brandon Miller's doing pretty solid. And Greg's like, you know what, I'm not a contender. I'll give you I'll trade for Brandon Miller. That'll be my late or Brennan, right? Brennan has an older team. I'll trade you like he trades you a, a a veteran for Brandon Miller just to back it, like to start building up his keepers. Something like that. Yeah. No, I think that's, those are, uh, those are like the marriages in trades that end up, I think, being the most win-win for both sides. Win-win-win. And I am also a winner for negotiating the, or mediating the conflict. It's really hard to do that with rookies early though, because it's like, you want enough of a sample size to go, oh man, this guy's going to be a thing. 
rather than like maybe a month of him putting up above average stats. So I think there's a sweet spot of the season and I'm not sure unless somebody's really looking just like hot shit out there as a rookie, I'm not sure there's going to be a lot of like, I don't think that's the first big trade. I don't think the first seller sells for a rookie that isn't Wemby because they're like, I'm not sure the sample size is going to be there yet. I think it's more like, Hey, I will, you know, King's ransom for, I'm trying to think like, uh, like Julius Randall, you know what I mean? Like I'll, uh, I'll give you these three good players that make your team better. And you give me Julius Randall and he's going to be keeper for me. See, I, I look at it. I, this is like kind of a poor man's version, but, and I, I didn't love the trade last year. Um, Alfred Sangoon for Ja Morant. Like that was obviously a nuts trade and like Sangoon was crazy hot, but like there will be a stretch at some point. I'm sure of it where Brandon Miller, if he's getting the minutes and is healthy is potentially averaging like 15 points and eight rebounds or 10 rebounds or something like that. And I don't think that type of trade will happen again, but trading him like, and I think the earlier that happens, the better, obviously you can't control if he gets hot early, but like something like that to where it's a late round guy, it's a big, it's like someone sees like the bright stars and it's like, I'll give you Jimmy Butler for Brandon Miller because my team isn't as good or something like that. Just a random example. So like a smaller version of that type of deal is something like, as soon as he has a hot two games, I'm trying to, I'm shopping him for a veteran. Like obviously John Morant wasn't isn't a veteran, but like a veteran version of that type of trade. Yeah, yeah. I'd say good for much less earlier in the year. Uh so that's fun. Well, and again, I think it's it's also like this is now, you know, kind of talking through the league from our three perspectives, but that's also why. Others are not just welcome, but encouraged to take turns being on the pod because everyone sort of has different philosophies. And so, again, like uh, back to Brandon Miller, I think the fact that he fell to the seventh round is emblematic of what people think of him. So I think we know that the league is like wait and see on him or someone would have taken him before that. So I think like. I I think there's going to I think the trade market is going to be slow going outside of either baby trades or blockbusters that are known commodities both ways. Like, but I don't think we're going to see any buy or sell type trades for a few weeks regardless of direction of anyone's team, even Victor, like I think it'll be you know, I think it's it's even you know, even more than in I was gonna say even more than in baseball, but I was stopping myself because I don't believe that. But uh, almost as much as baseball, it still matters. Like, what is something a hot streak like Sengun had a hot he Sengun's been really good anyway, but he had a particularly hot streak last year. Like, is that just happening and it just happens to be at the start of the year, or is this dude for real? Hey, if somebody scores off the inbound, uh, does the guy who passes the inbound get the assist? He should. I agree. Um, I saw it happen. I was wondering. Like, here's a last example I'll provide for that. Let's say 
Brandon Miller comes out. He's he's doing pretty solid. Like not nothing great, but like okay, this is a guy, and your team obviously is hot. And let's say Blake's team is starts off to an zero and three start. He already has some late round keepers. But would you take like a like a Devin Vassell for Brandon Miller, like something like that? I mean, uh... it's impossible to know, but like just something like that to where it's like. Okay, like an uh, a team or recognizing early, like okay, like maybe I don't want to keep Draymond for the future or something like that, and it's like okay, I'll replace him with a young guy. But again, just uh, like I appreciate your kind words about my keepers. I also felt good about my five keepers, but I like Brandon Miller showing flashes of of. Uh, elite upside to where he becomes a better keeper than say Jalen Brunson in the third. Like that's a good problem to have. And then I, I guess to me, that's Brunson. not showing flashes that like Jalen Brunt, like he'd have to be 24. Four, well, no, he'd six, have to be putting like, up that's rookie of the year. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, no, Wemby, I don't, uh, you know, if Wemby's healthy, he'll win it. But again, kind of like you were saying with Scoot in the draft, like if he's playing at a level that like, that would be like a in any normal year, he could be rookie of the year type thing. If you know, if he's averaging 18 points a game, five and a half assists a game, like again, I don't think he's going to reach that, but I'm not just going to sell him for the sake of like, I think I'll be fine just to make the playoffs. So I'll wait and see if he starts to show, like if he starts to break out, because if he does. And it, and I have more than five keepable guys. Like that's a good problem to have. And if he's whatever, not, you know, whatever, dude, for a known commodity, whatever. I'm gonna tell you guys right now. It's the so I'm watching the second unit for Golden State play the second unit for Phoenix, and it's ugly basketball. Like holy shit, it is gross. Well. It's opening night, you know. You gotta get, uh, you gotta get in rhythm. Everyone's only watching for Charles Barkley anyway. That's true. So Devin yeah. Booker's good. Yeah, Booker very good. Kentucky Wildcat. Um. Okay. Damn, I'm just seeing what time it is. This is a two yeah. and a half pod, boys. Yeah, if you've made it this far. Let's be honest. When as soon as we waste, waste like saved our teams to be last, everyone turned it off. Oh, for sure. No, <laughs> it's truly the three of us now. But if you're still listening, it means you're a real sicko like us, and it's only more reason that you should host a future podcast. And we all promise we'll listen to the end. Oh, for sure, one hundred. Um. All right. Before we sign off, no explanation or anything. Just the actual teams. Can't be your own. Name who you predict to win our league this year, or name who you predict to win the NBA Finals this year. Andrew, you go first. I need a minute. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win the finals this year. And for our league, I think it will. I'm going to stick with Mark. He has three of the top five players in basketball. Um, I was also going to pick mark as the person i predict to win the championship this year and my um 
I don't know if I fully believe this, but I sure want LeBron to get another championship. And I normally I don't like the teams that GM LeBron constructs, but I like this one. So Lakers, fuck it. Well, I'm surprised you didn't say Spurs. Um, Damn it. Asterisk, also Spurs. So uh, to win our league this year, I am choosing Mr. John Crook, Luke, to take it all home this year after losing in the championship last year. And uh, I'm going to choose a similarly great team to win the championship. Let's go, Kangs. Light the beam. Sacramento Kings. Oh, light the beam. Light the beam. Okay. I can't think of a better way to end it than uh, light the beam. Let's have a season. Let's have a season, light the beam.
you heard. 